The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, and now Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, The Beautiful People. Search for all of our HMG brand management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, Freak God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course, the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey, bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted. Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes in a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go, bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV Fitness Foodie experience, visit Zorosoliveoil.com. Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit Zorosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com For the most affordable and effective home workout program that'll give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichardsFitness.com Russo'sBrand.com Where the pros are pros, bro. Get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it. Visit Russo'sBrand.com Subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on podbeam.com and visit patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We now take you to your featured HMG presentation. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering death, I fear. Something terrible has happened. Young Skywalker is in dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Aren't the droids we're looking for. Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Hi, hi. Uh, 
Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorian, Twi'leks. And yes, we say this every week, ladies and gentlemen, this is an inclusive podcast. So all you Transdotions as well, to another exciting, action-packed edition of the podcast we're star wars podcast and if you have not realized that by now well sorry sunshine you're dumber than a fucking box of rocks and there is no hope for you and doc for those people who do not have hope what can they not do uh build a rebellion that's right because you need some hope in order to rebel Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. But we're not here to talk about rebellions. We're here to talk about a galaxy far, far away. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Oh, H to the O-V. I am the Greek god, Papa Don. Professional wrestler extraordinaire. Star Wars aficionado. Multi-tie champion in a galaxy far, far away in current heavyweight champion in three. That's right. Not one, not two, but three different promotions at the same time. To the Greek, Greek. Along with me, I have the distinct honor of introducing the Sith Force Ghost in the room all the way from the Witness Protection Program on Exegol, and no, he's not hiding from his alimony payments. He's hiding for other things, but that's another story for another time. Spiro, hit him with a, hey yo, and introduce yourself. Hey yo. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the Dark Lord of the podcast, the Sith Ari, the Rampaging Revenant Kiss, the Butcher, your boy, Dark Spiridon. And finally, we have the third host of the show. No, he's not in the limo in the back of Nitro. He's up front, bringing it up the rear, only as he likes to do. He's the medical droid with the Kung Fu grip. He loves, absolutely salivates and drools about toys. But he loves stealing your girl. But most importantly, he gizz, gizz, gizzes all in his uh, SpongeBob SquarePants underpants when he steals your girl. Introduce yourself, sir. <laughs> I am smarter than 2-1-B, more technical than FX7, the god of steel and thunder. And the guy who wonders, in Return of the Jedi, how could the Ewoks have addressed that fit Princess Leia? Unless they cooked and ate a woman her size. Dr. Destroyo, Alex Arroyo. Hey, hey uh, Doc. What eats ants and has four legs? Um, an anteater? No, two uncles. <laughs> yum nub, yum nub. Anyway, I digress. Try your waitress, tip the veal. Tonight we are blessed to have a guest on the show. He's my friend. After this show, he'll be your friend. And hopefully he'll be a friend of the show. I know he will. He's a P from the freaking disgruntled and degenerate pod that we're all from. He is my friend. Uh... I know him from the world of professional wrestling. His name is Derek Gordon, but I can't do him any justice. So I'll let him introduce himself. My friend, please let them know. Let these scrappy nerf herders know who you are. 
Oh, is this where I get to cut my promo now? I get to be yes, like, like yes, wrestler? Yes, introduce like yourself. TV. Oh, all right. Well, um, I mean, I can go old pseudo style back in the 90s. But yes, it is me. It is the, the, the internet icon, diehard Derek Gordon. You may remember me from the 90s. The first thing, you know, you motherfuckers out there with your podcast, everything that you do online, everything that you're doing on YouTube. Remember, I started this in 1997 when I was still sucking on your mama's tit, all right? I am the original internet icon okay i was in the professional wrestling business working with this guy over here the greek god papa don the man who made him a champion on numerous times also now still very relevant out here in the internet community with my own podcast the midnight hustle make sure that you check that out but boys we're here to talk about wrestling star wars let's get it that's right we'll talk more about star wars and wrestling says in the words of many today uh fuck wrestling but i digress um Derek, yeah, we ask this question of all our first-time guests. If so, you could make a pocket pussy out of one Star Wars character, who would it be? <laughs> Easy. Pocket pussy, you're saying. I want Walrus Man because he's got that right in the mouth. He's got the God. fucking vagina lips. I love him. I was, as a matter of fact, to prepare for the show, I have got this uh, Star Wars encyclopedia. It only covers the original trilogy and the, and the prequels. Um, but I found a lot of shit in here that I didn't know about, and I found my man here with the pussy mouth. And dude, look at those lips. Look at that mouth. What that mouth do, like the kids say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Greek guy. What do they do? Because I know how they, they grease. You separate the boys from the men with a crowbar. How's that that's work? That's right. You know, you know why the, uh, you know what the Greek army motto is: never leave your partners behind. Hey <laughs> So we ask our we ask our guests, our uh -huh. first time guests, this question: What? are your first or what is your first memory of star wars and when did you first fall in love with it oh man man that's a great question um, of course i said it so i was born in 75 so i couldn't like oh, okay boomer <laughs> oh man right <laughs> i couldn't beg my parents in 77 i know what the fuck star wars was um so my first introduction was empire strikes back in 80 and, and bro I, I was blown away um probably so just a little backstory. I'm I'm a huge mark for movies in general. So I my earliest memories from three years old, seventy eight, is being in a movie theater. And because they didn't have Disney movies, I saw the fucked up shit that my parents would take me to go see. Like Dawn of the Dead, The Warriors. I mean, I, the list just goes on and on. So they finally figure, oh, here's a space movie with robots and shit. We can take the kid to go see that. And I guess what blew me away the most is the fact that this is the one where the heels win at the end. And I'm like, whoa, 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 they can't be over. This this can't be done. Um. But they had loaded me up with a bunch of action figures and toys and shit for Christmas. I was like, ah, I guess so. When I went home that night, I started making, not that I knew what Return of the Jedi was, I started creating the sequel. I, I needed more of that story. So The Empire Strikes Back is what sucked me in. Um, and back in those days, there was no VHS. It was, it was very limited cable. Um, so they would re-release the films on a constant basis. So um, when, when Jedi finally came out, I was able to go see all three of them in a marathon. And uh, th those are my earliest memories of Star Wars. Beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. Uh, chef's kiss. Mwah. Mwah. Exactly. You want me to leave you guys alone over here? I, I, can, <laughs> no, he's, I can come back in an hour. <laughs> he, he's not a booker anymore. So uh, don't oh, yeah, you don't have any justice. That's why I only talk to Jimmy about, you know, what, every three years or so? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's awesome, dude. That's an awesome memory. Um, who's your favorite character in Star Wars? I'm a big Boba Fett mark, but this is before he was... <gasps> 
this is before the Mandalorian. Um, there was just something about him that, you know, funny thing. I, and I, I know this isn't video, but dude, I just picked up this um, Boba Fett action figure with the old school car, dude. Got and, it. Uh, yeah, man. I, I'm telling you, I just, I just love the way he looks. He's just a badass, and um, you know, being Empire being my entry, my, my gateway into Star Wars. It, he was silent but deadly, like a fucking nasty fart um, after Chinese food. And just watching what he did with Solo, um, putting him in carbonite, putting him in the Slave One, which is a phenomenal ship. I mean, there's so much to love about him. And granted, oh, look at this guy with the fucking tattoo. Yes. All right. <laughs> so we're all on the same fucking page. Yeah, I don't even have to stroke this guy anymore. All right. Boba Fett it is. Nice. Very nice. Uh, Doc was there for like five minutes. This guy's not noticing my fucking I was, I was just showing the guns. That's all. <laughs> he was about to cry. With a tear in my eye. I'm going to tell y'all. With a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. Anyway, very cool, man. Very cool. Well, just a couple things about the NFL podcast that you know, Derek. Number one, this is an 80s, 90s style podcast, which means there's no room for safe spaces or snowflakes. And Papa Dot hasn't shaved his bush. No, no, I didn't say 70. Abuela. Oh, porn. sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. Uh, but I digress. Um, and we welcome all different opinions. So if you feel a certain way about a certain topic, which goes against what I think or what Doc thinks, please chime in. Give it to us. We'll take it and we'll have great discussions. We had some Snowflake uh, writer on a couple of episodes ago and we had a good discussion with her and it was a good show. Unfortunately, her crab ass didn't fucking push the show. So whatever. But, you know, whatever. Maybe she was too busy making sandwiches in the kitchen. But I... <laughs> Anyway, let's move along. A lot of news came out this week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we're going to start off with something that's near and dear in all of our hearts. And it's going to be a very big dent in all of our wallets. Disney is, and we mentioned it last week, but there was a little bit more information about it this week. So I'm going to go around the horn after the article. I want to get everyone's take on it. I, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty smart guy, you know. Um, I think I know what's going to be said, but... I'm always open to interpretation and looking for some, maybe some surprises. But Disney's figured out how to make a real lightsaber. And um, they're selling it to the public during a special look inside Disney parks. Now, that sounds a lot dirtier than it is, unfortunately. But they had a press conference. It's Disney parks, not Rosa Parks. Relax. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. 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 <laughs> you popped Derek Card on that one. Anyway. Wow. Get, get ready, kid. <laughs> Buckle up, Dr. Nice Jones. Job, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> it's up, gonna ladies. be bumpy ride. We'll go for a ride. Shorty. Chow Chi. Latsu Tsanta. Hello, lady. We're going for a ride. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, anyway, they had a press conference, a uh, special look inside Disney Parks. And um, there's a guy named Josh Diamaro, and he presented what to be a real lightsaber. No photos or videos allowed by those in attendance. And the only thing the press could do is describe what they saw. Of course, this led to fans to dream up what it could possibly be. Thanks to VR slash AR slash web developer Ben Rideau, I guess R-I-D-O-U-T, on Twitter, he was able to give us a better understanding of how the new lightsaber would work. And what he said was, did Disney invent a real working lightsaber? Question mark. Yes, they did. 
It won't melt through metal blast doors or cut off your hand, but it does feature an illuminated blade that will extend and retract with a push of a button. This animation shows the concept behind the tech, and there's a video clip to the article, which you can't see now. Uh, for the description, Ben compares the new lightsaber design to a retractable measuring tape. The design is very different from the current state of lightsabers that's in the market. While the design looks amazing, it appears that these lightsabers will not be able to be used for combat. Wah, 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 wah. So in this, other words, Dizzy just made a fucking hologram. Exactly. Yeah. This extension and retraction of the blade will be the highlight of this product. So let's start off with our guests. What do you think, Derek? I think it's a piece of shit, man. I'd rather see Tupac at Coachella. I mean, if I can't fuck anybody up, they say, well, first of all, if we can't bat, I like the, the Black Series that they, that they issued a couple of years ago where, you know, it makes the noise, it glows in the dark, you can fucking beat the shit out of it. But if you're telling me Disney's going to start coming out here, like, oh, we got the, we made the first ever lightsaber, you're going to fucking love it, oh my God, we got the technology, and I can't cut nobody's arm off, get the fuck out of here. Well, it sounds like it's more light than saber, unfortunately. Um well played. Yeah, yeah. Uh, typical Disney swerve. Thanks, Disney. No thanks. Move on. Wow. That's a big K-Bosh. Big Yakuza kick from the NFO. Um, I have to agree with you guys. Uh, I was a little excited when I first heard the news. And then I read this article. And then, you know, it's like watching an Alvin Alvarez match. Nothing out of it. Or a Joey yeah. Tell match. Nothing out of it. You're better off taking a piss. Yeah, pretty much. But anyhow, or, you know, it's, even, it's, 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 it's as bad as listening to the Academy podcast with John Enright with his painted, uh, painted fingernails that yeah. he posted on, on, uh, on, uh, on Queer Street today. He was on Queer Street and liking it. And uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> Triple D, who's glazing donuts without any sugar. I don't know what they're glazed with, but God bless them. Anyhow, I digress. Go try dipping donuts in Zorda's, Zorda of olive oil. Um, Mandalorian season three leaks tease the return of an underrated prequels Jedi. So, you guys want to take a quick gander, a quick guess at who they might be talking about? Um, it's going to be um, Enrico uh, Palazzo. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. Uh, Enrico oh, uh, I read the articles. I know who it is, but I can't remember. Quinlan uh, <laughs> Voss. <laughs> what about you, Derek? What do you think? Who do you think it's going to make it a return uh, as an underrated prequel Jedi? I, I don't remember if he got whacked in, in uh, Attack of the Clones, but I'm going to go Kid Fisto. Uh, he got whacked, all right. He got whacked, and fuck him. That'll be the pa ghost of Papa Kid Fisto. No, I didn't whack him. Papa you didn't whack him. Anyhow. All right, here we go. This came so much from a uh, YouTube YouTuber's Kessel Run transmissions. Uh, were asked about a fan. Oh, wait, were asked by a fan about the possible cameos in the Bad Batch, which drops in two weeks, uh, May the fourth. They spent some time speculating, but then tipped their hand. Apparently, they know who saved Grogu from Order sixty six. Oh, I know. Hold on. <laughs> Don't spin with this thunder. Uh, it's the well-known Jedi, and it's a huge plot twist, they say. The twist could be revealed in the Bad Batch, which presumably takes place shortly after Order 66, or as a flashback in The Mandalorian Season 3. In the live stream chat, fans were tossing out names like Mace Windu, Quinlan Voss, etc. 
But one lesser known name kept cropping up, and that name would be none other than Jericho Cena. Joe Costa knew the librarian. Who? That, wait, that long neck giraffe looking motherfucker? <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the old lady, the old lady that looked like Aunt May. Remember in the when in the in the library when Obi Wan Kenobi was looking for the planet and couldn't find it on the star map? Yeah. And the lady's like, if it's not in the database, then it's not in the archives. Fucking save that for the cartoons that I'm not gonna watch. <laughs> I love Derek. Uh, oh, Doc, did you know Derek's favorite movie is The Last Jedi? No, it's really? Fuck out of here. <laughs> listen, listen. Yeah, it's been a great podcast, guys. We'll Get later. closer to the screen. I want to see the stretch marks around your mouth because this motherfucker's on Facebook. You're like, yo, best shit ever. You got to love this thing. This was the fucking greatest thing. And I'm like, yo, dude, that, that, that take a big wet shit on that, that movie right now. Same thing with Rise of Skywalker. Force Awakens, I can get away with. Those other two, not so much. But this motherfucker's on online. Like, yo, the best shit. Oh, my God. You have no idea where they're going? I'm like, dude, come on. Stop. Just stop. Dude, it was, listen, I like the movie. I don't mm-hmm. love it anymore. I like the movie. Okay? I don't hate it by any stretch of the imagination. There's, th- there's things I can do without. And the only reason why I like it as opposed to love it now mm-hmm. is because, one, I saw a different cut from a guy named uh, Ivan Ortega. He was an editor, professional editor. He gave his own edition, which was better than the movie edition. And he didn't change anything. He just re-edited certain parts. And two, the Mandalorian dropped and showed how to do Star Wars right. And then I realized the error in my ways by saying I love the movie compared to when good Star Wars comes out. So, but it took you the Mandalorian to realize. Well, no, I still like pull. The Last Jedi. I still like The Last Jedi, but that's just me. And the reason why I, I brought it up is because Spiro... The Force Ghost in the Room despises that movie. He loathes it. He wants Kathleen Kennedy's head and Ryan Johnson's head on a fucking spike. Just like a Stormtrooper helmet from The Mandalorian. Right, Spiro? What do you think about The Last Jedi, Spiro? Let me tell you something, man, okay? I mean, and this goes without saying, but I'm going to go ahead and, you know, for those who are new to the show and who haven't listened, you know, to my rants, The Last Jedi is like fucking i wish i you know it's like it's like that fucking annoying dump that that you take and 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 no matter how many times you fucking try to flush and you jiggle the goddamn chain won't go away people still want to fucking talk about it people still want to bring it up fuck okay it's it's like it's like a a turd that should be flush. It's like a fucking load that should be swallowed. It should be fucking man, dude. Fuck, man. It, and and then this motherfucker, man. He's still involved, bro. He, they haven't learned their fucking lesson. Fuck, dude. I, I'm telling you right now, man. That listen, man. Whoever enjoyed the fucking last Jedi, good for you, man. Good for you, people. I'm fucking happy, you know, man. I'm not. I'm not. One of these assholes that likes to rain on people's fucking parades and shit. You know what I'm saying? Good for you. Or Doc's? Oh, Doc. Doc, he, he, he's the baby face of the group. Doc, let him know what you think of... Uh... Uh, I'm a Papa Don. I really liked it when I first saw it. And then after more things came out, I, uh, I like it a little bit less. But I still enjoy it. I mean, it has its redeeming qualities. It's not completely trash. Um, but there are certain things about it that you just... You, you, you can't get back. So, um, 
And the fact that the Rise of Skywalker attempted to retcon and change a lot of those things really kind of was annoying enough that it puts a bad spin on that movie as well. Though I did like a lot of parts of that movie, too. Listen, I'm a Star Wars mark. I'm going to I'm going to pretty much like everything they put out, Um, even if it's somewhat shitty, because what's better than Star Wars, Papa Dunn? More fucking Star Wars. That's right. Right, man. I'm there with you. Look, I'm not saying that I hate The Last Jedi. I hate The Rise of Skywalker. Last Jedi's got some good shit. I can do without the whole casino scene. Get that oh, shit yeah, out of here. A hundred percent agreed. Delete I'm gonna, that. Listen, I'm going to send you this Ivan Ortega cut. Watch okay. it. Mm-hmm. Watch it. He omits the casino. He, 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 cuts, he cuts it down to like five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Which makes sense. You don't need all that shit in it. I mean, there's a lot of, of unnecessary shit. And Ryan Johnson's fucking with the timeline. This is where they fucked up, all right? They should have had an, an entire trilogy arc going in yeah. with the first movie. You don't just say, okay, you're the director. All right, you figure it out from here. Here's where we started. Now you can do whatever the hell you want with yeah, it that's, and that's then botch it. All yeah. right. Big fucking problem. Now the thing now, I don't want to get off track a little bit, but since we're talking about these movies, and I, I know the popularity of, of Marvel and Derek, DC. Derek, I want to let you know there is yeah. no track. Oh, well then fuck the track. We're going, there are no rules. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I want to start uh-huh. a movement right now of release the JJ cut of yes. Rise of Skywalker. Yes. I want to see those truly... force ghosts at the end. I truly believe there's a four-hour JJ cut in the wing. That there's a lot because look, we know for a fact, not even speculation, no, no nonsense here. I know for a goddamn fact they filmed a scene when he's on Mustafar in the beginning with the webbish bog, which is the spider sitting on top of the baby's head. We saw pictures of it in black and white on the internet. And we shared it in the talk chat, the NFO talk chat. Um, we also know there was a scene where he tortured Chewbacca when he got ca- captured. And he did the whole mind trick. And he saw that Chewbacca still loved him. Because all the memories he had were good memories. And then the ending with these force, alleged force ghosts that they only use the voice as opposed to using the actual imagery. But then there's other parts in the movie where, like in the beginning, where Ray's looking out and about before they go on their mission. She's staring out into nothing. And, it, and the way they edited it, it looks like she was looking at something. And then Poe comes up to her or Finn comes up to her and says something. And she's like, huh? Whatever. And she goes into talking to him. What's she staring at? Fucking moss? Fucking tree? A monkey? You know, eating a banana? No, there had to be something there. The editing, you could tell it was edited. So I know for fact a lot of stuff was left on the cutting room floor and i know for a fact that there's a longer cut of the film so maybe with the with the snyder cut hype they might release this uh jj cut and i hope they do um because uh i would like to see something that makes the sequel trilogy better because i like certain characters in the sequel trilogy but i'm with you Derek. there's not enough connective tissue between the movies there wasn't one arc it was like hot potato you know they were, they were passing it along, and they what they should have done, they should have made Episode Nine two movies, Part 1 and Part 2, and make that bad boy about five hours long to, to just be able to get all their shit in and make it make sense. Like, I don't... I like Episode Nine. There's two things I hate about that movie. Number one, and I've said this before in prior podcast episodes, they bring back Palpatine. They don't explain how. We know there's a scene filmed because Ian McDermott said it himself that there was a line that said that Kylo looked at the machine in the background and goes, you're a clone. And he goes, 
more than a clown, less than a man. Boom, five seconds. And you just added another layer of gravitas to your story. We know there's more, more behind that. There's more than meets the eyes, like fucking Transformers. And then the second thing is the finish. That fight at the end was way too quick. They just brought him back to kill him off again. So it's like a wrestler botching a spot in his match and then going to the spot again as opposed to letting it simmer down and doing it later on in the match. So those are the only two qualms I have with the film. Other than that, you know, what I'd like to see in the Knights of Ren rough up Chewbacca, yeah, that'd be a cool scene. That's how they show he got captured. He's a Wookiee, for God's sakes. But if it, they did film it, great. If they didn't, get him in the volume, put some stuntmen in the freaking, you know, uh, Knights of Ren uniforms, get, uh, what's his name, Autonomous, Juan or whatever his name is, the Jonas, the, the, the Chewbacca guy, have a film, uh, a, a, a reshoot, film a five-minute fight scene with these fuckers, and throw it in and special edition that motherfucker all the way up. That's what I say. Add more to it. I got two beefs with that film. One, when you when you announce episode nine, the one thing that they botched throughout that entire trilogy is that you never got the gang back together for one last mission. I want to see Han and Luke and Leia and Lando and Chewie and everybody reunite and then pass that torch, pass that baton down to the younger cats, you know, and then carry the movie from there. Then you can start killing them off, but regroup them one last fucking time. And on top of that, you owe me, not you, these motherfuckers, Kathleen Kennedy, Lucasfilm, all the motherfuckers out there, you owe me an explanation on how they got Luke's lightsaber. Matt says, that's a story for another time. When is that time? I want that shit now. Stat pronto. I agree. I totally agree with you. Um, who knows? Maybe it'll turn into a Disney Plus series. I have no idea. Um, maybe uh, The Rock, Geo, The Rock found it and gave it to her. I don't fucking know. Um, but look, a couple of things about uh, the, the guy, Ryan Johnson, he's in the news again. And I love how he always comes up. He's a good director. Don't get me wrong. To me, uh, the cinematography in episode eight was probably the best in all of Star Wars. Uh, I loved the way he shot the film. Storyline, not so great. But he wants to direct an episode of The Mandalorian. I don't know if it's season three or season four. But there was some chick that won some kind of contest. Her name was, it wasn't like a sandwich making contest, but a contest. <laughs> Her name was Soraya. A hard contest to win, let me tell you. <laughs> Her name is Soraya Wilson. And we've mentioned her name on the, on the podcast before where she interviewed um, Ryan Johnson. And slowly but surely, she's release, releasing clips of the interview. Um, and during this interview... It, he said that he spoke to Dave Filoni about getting involved and that he knew about Grogu before Grogu uh, and because he saw the baby before the debut because he went down to visit episode one, uh, season one of Mandalorian. He was blown away by the volume and the, what they were doing, and he wanted to be a part of it. So, yeah or nay, do you want him to direct an episode of The Mandalorian? What do you guys think? I say yay. Interesting. I love how you did, how you take that take just because you know that we're going to go to Spiro in a little while and ask him and he's going to say nay. Um, well, no. You know why I say yay? Because he's not writing it. It'll be still written by Favreau and Filoni. True. He'll just direct it. And I think he's a great director. I mean, he got, I mean, I didn't watch it, but Breaking, Breaking Bad, he did a bunch of those episodes and got awards for his work. And he did Looper. 
He did Brick. Those were great movies. Yep. Knives Out was good. Not as great as everyone's making it out to be, but it was good because Chris Evans was awesome in it. But I would love to see him direct something if he's not writing it because we won't see identity politics in it or a snowflake fucking agenda pushed. It'll be just good storyline. But anyway, what do you say, Doc? So the question is, does he deserve a second chance? And I think at this point, the Star Wars universe and the Star Wars fans really are soured to Ryan Johnson and they probably don't want to see his face for a long, long, long time. But like you said, if he's not directing it, if he's not writing it, then, you know, what, what's the difference? So um, I, I trust Favreau and Filoni. I, I really don't have any concern about what they do and how they do it. So they're probably going to keep him on a short leash and not, you know, make him go off the rails. So I think it's fine. What about you, D-Rock? Like you said, I, I'm a big fan of his directing style. I love his cinematography eye. And if he's going on the set of The Mandalorian, just like, look, put the camera here and pan to the left. Good. Great. As long as he's not writing it, I'm good. The beef that I had with with Last Jedi, as we mentioned before, is that he took liberties. He went into, as we say in wrestling, he went into business for himself and decided to flip shit out and thinking, okay, listen, I'm going to set you on a path. On the next movie, you can just pick up the ball from here and run. Like, that's not the fucking path we were running with. Um, but he is getting his own trilogy. He's still allegedly he's, supposedly he's still out there in, in a recent interview. He, I guess they interviewed him because they just signed him for two more sequels for Knives Out where they're giving him a ridiculous obscene amount of money. You, see, you saw all. that you read the article. Scott all. I think he's getting like five hundred million dollars. Something like that. Yeah, right. It's, it's going to be ridiculous. So he's building a franchise over there. And they're like, hey, what happened to your Star Wars things? That's still happening. So no, no, that's still on the table. We're still working on it. So, again, I, I think that maybe some of some of the shit that we saw in in um. In the Last Jedi, was so that he can, so we can go back and recall some of those things, and he's going to bring it into his universe and maybe see some of those characters or some of those locations. But when you go to the Mandalorian, that's set, that's in stone, that's Dave Filoni, that that's um, John Favreau's baby. He's not going to fuck that up. They're not going to let him fuck that up because they don't want that hate and they don't want that heat. Um, so yeah, I'm all good for for him directing an episode or two. Okay, well, last but certainly not least, uh, we're going to go to that Force Ghost Exegol, who I know for a goddamn fact. Because he's the president of the Ryan Johnson fan club. He has a secret <laughs> Dakota ring. I want to know what he thinks about Ryan Johnson directing an episode of The Mandalorian. The fact that he's going to fucking direct an episode of The Mandalorian. I need him directing an epi- a fucking episode of The Mandalorian. Like I need all my fucking teeth pulled without any fucking Novocaine and shit. Get the fuck out of here, bro. You know? And why, why, why is he still involved? Why is fucking Kathleen Kennedy still involved? Why, why are most of these fucking SJW fucks still involved, man? I mean, you know, why don't they just let Favreau and Filoni run this whole thing and, and fucking, you know, appoint whoever they deem fit and worthy of Star Wars and worthy of the fans, the real fans, Okay. To direct an episode of The Mandalorian, to make a fucking movie, okay? To write a goddamn comic. Fuck, man. You know, yo, I think I need to put my my fucking resume in, man, and try to get a job there and see if I could push anybody out because, I don't know, man. I think that by this time next year, man, I'm, I might not be fucking doing this fucking Star Wars thing anymore if, if this cocksucker is still involved. Fuck. Well, you know what? I couldn't. I, I look. I'm not gonna sit here and say I didn't know he was gonna say that. Yeah, <laughs> that shit. Well, we kind of knew. We kind of knew he was gonna say that. Um, 
You know a chick named Katie Sackoff, uh, Doc? I do know a chick named Katie Sackoff. I think I hooked up with her in high school. Nice. nice. Oh, no. The, sorry. That was Mary Jerkoff. My bad. Oh, even better. Katie Sackoff, a.k.a. Bo-Katan, did an interview recently with Star Wars Explained. It wasn't even an interview. They were playing, I think, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, and they were interviewing her or talking with her. And she stated that the Jedi are evil. (laughs) From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Um, The Jedi that appeared at the end of episode, uh, whatever it was, 16, season 2 of Mandalorian, which we know, spoiler alert, was Luke motherfucking Skywalker, a.k.a. the face that runs the place uh, in the greatest Star Wars moment of all time. Um, when, When it showed up, it wasn't really Mark Hamill doing the action. We know that. It was a acting double they were told it was plo coon and they all believed it and it happens to be that plo coon is one of dave filoni's if not dave filoni's favorite jedi so i thought that this is that that this story does have merit not only because it came straight from katie sackoff's mouth but because speaking of coming on katie sackoff's mouth (laughs) (laughs) i wish all day and twice on sunday but uh uh, what do you call it? Uh, like I said, when they smoke, there's fire. And I know for a fact that Plo Koon is Filoni's like, favorite Jedi to the point where he was getting hired by Lucasfilm. He actually built a Plo Koon cosplay outfit in his garage. So I just thought it'd make for a good story. That's just me. Uh, it's funny that they did that to them because... Uh... It, but it would be funnier if actually Mark Hamill walked in because then the pop would have been huge because you got some rando dude who walks and dresses a Jedi robe. It's like, okay, so they're probably just going to, you know, um, in post put Plo Koon in there. So was did they get a natural pop out of them? I don't know. I have no idea. I wish I was there. I wish they did more with this during the gallery series of season two. That's what, you know, that one giant episode that they did. And they didn't even touch on the whole Mark Hamill Luke Skywalker appearance at the end, cameo at the end, at all. Which makes me wonder about this whole tit-for-tat, behind-the-scenes type of deal between Kathleen Kennedy's camp and the Filoni Favreau camp, if if it is true. Uh, Some leaks came out this week on Reddit from people uh, saying that, no, Kathleen Kennedy wants uh, John Favreau to take over after I leave, after she leaves. Um, and that they're best friends and all this stuff. And then the person who posted it deleted his account afterwards. They all think that she's trying to save face as she's exiting out because there's rumors that she's already out the door. I don't know. And to be honest with you, I personally don't care. What are your thoughts, gentlemen? That's the beauty of Reddit. It's like I could start a Reddit account right now and work for Kathleen Kennedy and say whatever the fuck I want to say in some Reddit subthread, and no one's ever going to be able to fact check that bullshit. So. It's weird that this all went down like this, and uh, we said this many times before. Where there's smoke, this fire, and I'm not buying it. Look, the, 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 the way I see this, man, it, Kathleen Kennedy, she, I mean, she's the head woman in charge over there, all right? So when... when she's when the head YouTube, sandwich maker. The head ah. sandwich maker, damn right. She's over there with the six-foot heroes. Like, how you want? You want bacon on that shit? Extra lettuce? But nice. she's fucking... Yo, when, when, when that new trilogy shit the bed... She's over there pointing fingers. Well, it wasn't me. I mean, I didn't write it. Bitch, you greenlit it. Who the fuck? So she's catching all this heat. Now she wants to take the credit 
from John Favreau and Dave Filoni, but you only greenlight and giving them the money. Don't just stop the shit right there. You can get her the fuck out of here. She spent her time. She's ruined Star Wars for us, for all the fanboys out there and fangirls. She probably fucked up Indiana Jones too. You know, she, she's in the pocket of George Lucas since day one. All right. She was side by side with him when he was fucking up those prequels too. She's like, yeah, George, that's a good idea. Do that shit. Yeah. Make that shit sound like Shakespeare. What? Don't fucking tell me you like the prequels now. Oh, I love the prequels. The prequels are fantastic. Crazy. Ah. Listen, you can't hate the prequels. The prequels are the foundation of Anakin Skywalker. Anakin! And, you know, for what it's worth, we were talking about this yesterday. Last Okay, we do a segment on the show, Derek, called mm-hmm. Who's More Over? Where we compare two aspects. And speaking of over... No. And, uh, what we do is we compare two aspects of Star Wars. Last week, we compared episode one to episode two. A lot of people actually picked episode one. I like episode two better, right? The dialogue's wooden. The acting and the romance is uncomfortable between Padme and uh, Anakin, right? But it's supposed to be that way because he's a 19-year-old virgin who's never gotten laid, never spoke to a girl, only touches his lightsaber when he thinks about her that he met her 10 years ago. Right? The only chick he ever talked to was 10 years ago. So basically, your typical Comic-Con goer. Right? Your typical guy from Comic-Con who can't use deodorant. Um, But he doesn't know how to act in front of her. He doesn't know how to talk in front of her. He's basically going through puberty at 19. Total late bloomer. So to me, those scenes are warranted to be shot that way. Now, is it the best of Star Wars? No. Is it the worst of Star Wars? No. But in my opinion, I love the prequels because it's totally different from the sequels, except Jar Jar. Can't stand that fucker. Listen, you cannot fucking try to sell me on the fact that he that he was a late bloomer. As, as somebody who was molested by his babysitter, let me just say, when the titties in your face, you fucking man up immediately. All right? Yeah, I don't but- want to... Get the fuck out of here! There was shit. no titties in his face. He hung out with Obi Wan all the time. Well, that's Unless what I'm he was... saying. You fucking hanging out with this monk over here, trying to teach you some shit in this fucking gay robe. And I'm like, yo, dude, this ass over here. Let's use that Jedi mind trick and these chicks to blow us. And they didn't. <laughs> they didn't fucking do that. All right. And at the same time, the only thing that I liked about the the prequels, I mean, granted, is that when you're watching the original trilogy, you're like, oh, remember when this shit happened back in the day? Remember the Clone Wars? Remember when when, when I fucked this dude up and cut off his legs and shit like that? All right, I saw it. Now I'm familiar. Great. Now I got it embedded in my head. Other than that, though, dude, it did nothing. Nothing at I, all. Okay. You're entitled to your opinion. I think episode three is on par with Return of the Jedi. Episode three, I'll, I'll give props to. Oh, okay. Greatest <laughs> lightsaber battle Derek, ever. Have, you, have you watched The Clone Wars? Cartoons? No. Yeah. Negative. Okay. Oh, dude, that's why. Who that's, 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 this, this is exactly the reason why. So if you watch The Clone Wars, it sets up the, the, the whole prequel trilogy in a different light for you. It opens up like different doors and talks about things that they really needed to explore during the movies and they couldn't. So if you watch those seven seasons, you will appreciate The Clone Wars a lot more. And I think everybody who hated the, the, the prequels before him has watched The Clone Wars and actually felt better about them because of that. And on uh, top of that, noted. on top of that, the last four episodes, the last four episodes of season seven of The Clone Wars is by far some of the best Star Wars ever written, shot, dialogue, fight scenes of all time. So you have to watch it. Plus, they brought back Maul and they explained how they brought him back, which is real campy. 
but it doesn't matter. He came back yep, and they exactly. made him a fucking dope ass character. He was a mindless assassin, and they ended up turning him into the godfather of the underworld throughout the show. It is fantastic. And they go into Mandalorian lore. So you got to watch it, dude. I'm telling you, dude, once you start, you're going to be like, I mean, look, it might be a little bit of a slow start in the first first season, but once it's off and it's on, bro, whoo, some of the best stories. You're going to say to yourself, wait a minute, the same guy who fucking wrote this fucking TV show wrote the fucking prequels? It's like night and day, literally. Yep. So, uh, right. be, be, Before we move on, I want to go back to one of Derek's comments about Obi-Wan and Anakin mind-tricking the bitches to, uh, to fuck them. I, 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 I came up with the title of the episode right now. It's, this is the cock you're looking for. Uh, <laughs> tremendous. Hey, Doc, since we were talking about the Mandalorian, did you realize that Hot Toys just dropped something? So actually, I didn't realize until you, you said it? that I didn't know. I knew it was coming. That's, that's what she said. That's what she um, said. And um, I just didn't know when it was coming. That's what she said too. Uh, Ahsoka Hot Toys from The Mandalorian uh, season two is coming out. She's going to be in her full Rosario Dawson uh, likeness, which doesn't really look a ton like her if you look at the at the figure. Two versions. One's going to be with Grogu with a couple of other things like a base and some other shit that she comes with. Um, and the other one's going to be the non-deluxe version. I think one is 285 and the other one's 315. Um, guess who ordered it this week? You did. <laughs> of course I did. All the time. You're going to have to clean out that shelf behind you, man. You got no room back there. <laughs> Dude, that's oh, nothing. I make room. That's, that's nothing. This fucking guy, forget about it. He's like a crackhead. He's like Pookie when it comes to fucking uh, collecting <laughs> Oh, toys. shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this. Look at this. God damn. He even makes his own figures. He made a Papadon figure. Custom Papadon figure. Fucking phenomenal. I had to use Hornswoggle's body. Yes. He's <laughs> Such a prick. Anyhow. Are you excited to see the Bad Batch, Derek? Uh, like I said, I don't, I don't necessarily do cartoons, so I might tune out of that one. I don't know, dude. I just say, all right. So to me, watching a cartoon, and, and again, not to to go in, in, into a different lore, but like I still haven't watched Into the Spider Verse because oh, like a like a black movie. and white movie or a movie with subtitles, like it was fucking hard for me to sit down. Like, all right, I'm gonna watch Parasite today because I'm gonna watch these chinos run around and talk, you know, fucking the menu, and I gotta read the shit at the bottom, but I can't watch the movie. So, you know, it's it's hard. I gotta get mentally prepared. But I can sit down and do it for a movie. I don't know if I can do it for a series to, to invest weekly. I'm like, all right, let me go take an hour out of my time and watch this fucking cartoon. I ain't getting no plane. I ain't watch no movie. <laughs> you ever watched A-Team? The who? Oh, yeah, man. Did you like the A-Team? It wasn't a cartoon. Well, it's okay. I'm just saying, do you, do you like the premise of the A-Team? Yeah. This, okay. this is the Bad Batch. That's exactly what the Bad Batch is. There are a bunch of clones that are um, genetically... Uh, altered, so they were all different. Imperfect as well, and imperfect, and um, they're like the eighteen D- during this season. They just they they appeared in the first three episodes of season seven of the Clone Wars, fucking phenomenal episode, and then disappeared like Kaiser Sosa, like a fart in the wind, and now they're spinning off into their own series, which takes place right after Order sixty six, and according to the poster they dropped this this week, um. Kind of uh, 
confirms one of our boys are coming back, a.k.a. Shivy Palpy Baby. So it looks like Palpatine's going to have a big role in the cartoon. More of the Emperor. What else would, do we love? But Unlimited power! No, no, no! Where does this fall on the timeline, though? So in between what? Right between... after Order 66. Right, okay. All right. So episode three. And, and it's funny because season seven of Clone Wars takes place during Order 66. Okay. So when I, while Anakin and, and Obi-Wan and all that's going down with Mace and everything over here, Maul's fighting Ahsoka Tano and on Mandalore, and you have all the Mandalorians over here, basically side by side at the same time. And it's phenomenal because there's certain... There's certain things they did in the cartoon to tie it to the movie where they took a scene in the movie and they spun it from a different point of view or a different angle into the cartoon. So it's like, oh, I know that point in the movie. It ties perfectly. So it kind of connects. All right. Well, you know, shout so out to you guys. You're selling me on this. Good. Because I don't sell for shit. Ask my opponents. True. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Canadian uh, destroyer. What's a Canadian destroyer? Exactly. Anyhow. Um, have you guys ever wondered who, who came up with the Millennium Falcon? It was a guy named George Lucas in his basement. Oh, no, it was some broad in the sandwich shop, wasn't it? <laughs> You're both right. Uh, um, well, here we go. For you people out there, all six of our fans, the Millennium Falcon, the design itself was actually inspired from a hamburger. On a plate with a pit with like a uh, pickle standing next to it, or an olive sticking on it with a toothpick or something, I don't know. And the guy said, "Huh," and came up with the design for the Falcon. But the reason why I bring it up is because new artwork uh, from this Rise of Skywalker, Derek's favorite film, came out, and uh, they they had a scene where Ray meets the creator of the Millennium Falcon, and Phil Saunders is the one who showed the concept art for the movie. And the person that Lucasfilm wanted it to play the creator was Judy Dench. Never heard of her. She's a famous actress. But Never again. Dusty Pussy, old lady. Yeah, wasn't she in uh, wasn't she in um that movie right there? Harry Potter? Um, sure. Sure, okay. I'll take it. Anyway, um, she's she's Q in, in the new Bond movies, isn't she? Yes. Not not Q. Yeah. She's she's uh whoever the fuck gives yeah, him the Yeah, she's the head she person should... in the, in yeah, the her. Bond movies. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. correct. So eh, it got cut and they never made the film. They filmed it with her? I don't think they filmed it with her, but she she was never cast in the role. They, she was, they, she they was never cast in it. Was, it. Yeah, it was just a concept art that was in the beginning opening stages, the first script or whatever, and then got rewritten. But it was it was from JJ and Chris Terrio. Whatever. I'm like, okay, no big deal. Yeah. Next. Well, that's uh, like they say in the barbershop and in the whorehouse. Next. Yeah, Proximo. No waiting, guys. Um, <laughs> Derek's rolling. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Um, did you guys hear? Do you know who Revan is? Who? Revan? <laughs> Who's the best answer? No, not Raven. Nevermore, Revan. Darth Revan? No? Okay. You're part of the cool kids. Only 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 the, the, the dweebs and the herbs 
and the nerds know who Revan is. He was a fan favorite from the Knights of uh, the Old Republic video game. And uh, Spiro is like the ultimate mark for Revan. Is and that that Darth dude with, with the pistain face? The yellow dude? No, he has a mask. It kind of looks like Boba Fett's Mandalorian mask. Ah, then fuck it. I don't know this Revan. He has a purple and a red, red lightsaber. He was, a, he was a Jedi that turned Sith, then turned back to light. And the Jedi did him dirty by injecting false memories into him. And he forgot who he was. But whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's not canon. And that's the running joke on the show, that Revan's not canon. Because Spiro gets all upset and says he is canon. And Spiro, what do you think about Revan? Come on, guys. Is this what you live for? To torture me? Revan is canon. Get it through your heads. So, anyhow. Uh, Lucasfilm reportedly is planning a solo Revan project. That is coming from a site called We Got This Covered. We all know We Got This Covered is a horseshit site. So, we ain't gonna cover it. Too bad, Spiro. Next! Um, Yo, give me one fucking rumor that You Got This Covered ever had right. And why are we still covering those motherfuckers? Well, we don't. I just brought it up because it was about Revan and I wanted a fucking cock tea Spiro a little. That's it. Um... (laughs) This Star Wars fan, though, who's a big Knights of Ren, uh, I'm sorry, Knights of the Old Republic uh, fan, he uh, he's a dedicated Star Wars fan from Unreal Cinema. He's recreating a popular video game, Star Wars and the Knights of the Old Republic, as a miniseries. And it quotes this guy, I'm currently working on creating a Knights of the Old Republic based on miniseries using Unreal Engine's virtual production capabilities. The caption reads, the first step is creating a trailer sequence as proof of concept before we begin full work on the full series. So that, my friends, is what you call, hey, if they don't do it for you, you do it yourself. And there's an old saying. You want Fine, to- I'll do it myself. Exactly. Fuck you, Joe I do it myself. Uh, there's an old saying that if you want to be the biggest building in, 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 in town, you either buy the biggest building or you knock it down and you build your own. So kudos to this guy, whatever his name is. Um, oh, fuck. And uh, what are your thoughts? Um, don't people have jobs? <laughs> Who's doing this shit for free? Hey, man, maybe he doesn't get laid. He may be hanging out with Anakin, you know? And they're taking crochet glasses together or drinking fucking coconut water. Fuck you want me to tell you. Well, <laughs> you know, us growing up, we didn't do this shit. We went to the bar. We hooked up with a chick. Luckily, we get drunk. We go home. If we remembered it, it wasn't a good night. If we didn't remember it, it was a great night. And that was it. Am I wrong here, boys? Never ask the name. Exactly. Oh, no, you know, we don't incriminate people. here. But, uh, you know, I mean, look, kudos to this guy. It's over for me that he's actually stepping in and doing this. <laughs> Speaking of over. Well, well, well. Ladies and gentlemen, we do a segment on this show called Who is More Over? Now, I know what you're saying. You first-time listeners out there are looking around, all confused, saying, I don't understand. How is you? How can you be over? It's not grammatically correct. Well, go screw a pooch. doesn't matter if it's not grammatically correct. It's wrestling lingo. Why? Because I'm a pro wrestler. Now, you want to know what over means? Very simple. Over means popular. And when you're a wrestler 
and you're over, you're popular with the fan. If you're a good guy wrestler, you're known as a babyface. People are going to pay a lot of Scott Old to come see you wrestle, kick the crap out of the villain wrestler. Now, if you're a villain wrestler and you're over, you're known as a heel, you're over as a heel, but people loathe you, they detest you. They'll pay a lot of Scott Old to come see you get your ass kicked. Now, what we do on this podcast, on the New Force Order, we compare two aspects of Star Wars. It could be a person, place, thing. It doesn't matter. And we see what's more over with you, the fans, all six of you fans, and most importantly, what's more over with us. So, Doc, please enlighten these people. Let them know what's on the marquee tonight. Tonight, we kind of continue the theme from two weeks ago where we're looking at deaths. Whose death was more pivotal? Whose death was more heart-wrenching? And, of course, whose death was more over? So, in one corner... We got, from episode one, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn taking a saber to the heart from Darth Maul. From episode seven, Papa Don's boy, Han Solo, getting the old son shish kebab from uh, Kylo Ren through the gut and uh, The Force Awakens. I'm being torn apart. I want to be free of this pain. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Will you help me? Yes, anything.
Uncle Doc, just like in your medical days. Hop on those poles and let me know what's up. Boom, chicka, boom, boom. All right, on the face bizzle. Let's see. We got a bunch of comments here. Okay, let's see. Who's more over? Carry the one. Take your Carry the one to two. Todd Santiago Berrios says Qui-Gon and Maul. Thank you. Hold All on, right. guy. What about the polls? Uh, the polls. Ooh, by a very narrowest of margins. Uh, it is um, Han Solo getting shish kebabs. No. Uh, 66. Sorry, actually, it's going to be, yeah, 66 to 33. All right. Mm, interesting. Okay. So comments, Todd. Qui-Gon Jinn and Maul. Thank you. Um, by the way, uh, no wise ass remark from Chuchi. No wise, but wise. By the way, I, 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 lay. He's in drug anonymous. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's in between bumps. Um, I labeled the, the, the uh, episode one Qui Gone G O N E. Um, hilarious. Well played. Uh, and the Han kebab. Uh, so Holly says decisions, decisions, and sends us a meme of who wore it better, which has uh, two red lightsabers coming out of uh, Han Solo and uh, and Qui Gon Jinn, which is fantastic. Tremendous. Um, love it. And she says uh, both their deaths served as catalysts for main villains. Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi having to take on Anakin as his Padawan, killing Han put Kylo back in Snoke's good graces, even though the deed split him to the bone. I remember very, verily sitting in the theater watching The Force Awakens and just the utter shock in the crowd. Qui Gon Jinn sacrificed himself as Obi Wan Kenobi would later. It's quite poetic, but I think Kylo killing Han came as a bit more of a shock to the crowd. Uh, the Falcon, wait, where's Han? Oops. Nicholas Faulkner, uh, how do I listen to the podcast? I mean, media group is having problems on Apple Podcasts, asking for a friend. Okay, anyway, that's on the... Hold on, uh, hold on, hold yes, on. Sorry, I'm listening. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this podcast, well, you're, media you're, group, you're smart. Hami yeah. um, Media Group is having issues. Uh, the Conspiracy Horseman has been blackballed. Uh, we've been uh, banned, shadow banned. We had to lawyer up, to be honest with you. Um, but that's a story for another time. Um, but you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, Podbean, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell it is. All you have to type in is New Force Order, colon, a Star Wars podcast, and it'll come up. So if you're listening to this through HMG Media, well, you don't have to. You can just go through its own feed and hit subscribe. And every time this drops every week, you'll get your new feed, your new episode of the of the podcast. That's how podcasting works. But, Doc, let's go back to our reg regularly scheduled program. What's yep. going on with the Instagrizzle? Uh, the Instagram is uh, negative this week because I totally forgot to put it up. But, okay, yeah, here we go. Tremendous. Moving on. Tremendous. Moving on. Nothing to see here. This isn't uh, the gram you're looking yeah, for. <laughs> exactly. All right. My bad, guys. My bad. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we've said this every week. You guys can send an email regarding this or any other segment that we do, whether it's Doc's exclusive YouTube show, Tatooine, whether it's from a certain point of view segment, or we just made the list. Or you want to tell us how awesome we are, how funny we are, how much we entertain you, or how much we suck. Whatever. You, you know, we just want to get more uh, intertwined and involved with our fans. We want a nice relationship we want a lot of connective tissue unlike the sequel trilogies so send your emails to newforceorder at yahoo.com that is newforceorder at yahoo.com so tonight because we have a guest we're going to keep it short i'm only going to read one email 
and it's from our friend, your friend, everyone's friend in England because his mom takes it in the bum. Brandon Miller. Let's see. Hey, fellas. Fan number four here. Is it too late to go back to that gimmick, or am I the bum guy for life now? For life, life. I don't know. Does your mom go for life when she takes it in the bum? If she does, then you're the bum guy. If not, you're still the bum guy. Um, it's like Christmas. I get to talk about the Phantom Menace for a second week in a row. But in all seriousness, I found Qui-Gon Jinn's death to be more meaningful. It was already an emotional scene. But after hearing Dave Filoni's masterful breakdown of the actual stakes being the ultimate fate of Anakin Skywalker, Anakin, you can help but appreciate the defeat even more. Plus, Darth Maul actually killed Liam Neeson. Who else succeeded at doing that in movie history? Just, just Batman, maybe. Well, if he hits the, the Lazarus pits, no. But fun fact. I actually read into some deeper lore of this fight scene. Canon, of course. And it turns out Darth Maul saw Qui-Gon Jinn as his equal by the end of their duel. So much so that Maul actually had to resort to cheap move to eventually beat him, a.k.a. stunning him with the hilt. As a result, Maul took zero pleasure from the victory, and it only fueled his rage even more. I found that kind of interesting to see even Sith Lords have a code of competition. Have a great week, fellas. Stand up before Brandon. That's interesting. Did you hear that before, Doc? I have not heard that before. No, that, that's. Uh... How about you, D Rock? Have you heard that about Qui Gon Jinn and then being equal with? Uh... No, I, I didn't. But but I do agree with the guy whose mom's vagina looks like elephant lips or elephant ears. Um, it, it, it's, it's odd because I'm over here struggling mentally trying to figure out which one is more over, right? So I'm like, well, fuck. As watching that battle, you're so into it with the music. You know Qui-Gon's going to die because you got Obi-Wan stuck behind that, that laser wall over there. And he's like, fuck, fuck, I got to wait for my turn to get into this match. Tag me in. Give me the hot tag. And then, like you said, like this dude with the fucking uh, with the roast beef curtains, mother, he fucking sucker punches him. Prah, catches him right in the face. You don't see that coming. That's not a Jedi fucking move. That's a sucker punch move. That's a street move. And then, boom, catches him in the shit. I'm like, damn, I knew Qui-Gon was going to die. On the flip side of that coin, though, look at Han Solo's. Han Solo's weak death came out of nowhere, but weak death. What fucked me up, though, about his death, though, was I was like, if he's really dead, then these four, are ne- they haven't even seen Luke yet. Like, you're never going to get this group back together again. So as, as, as a viewer, as an audience member, I was pissed off at Han Solo's death. But in terms of characters, I think Qui-Gon's is stronger. I think that's more over. Wow. Okay, what about you, Doc? This is, this is tough, man. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Han first because uh, I think I told you this, Pop. Like, the day before The Force Awakens opened, I had gotten this mysterious Facebook message oh, on Messenger yeah, from – some fucking rant, some, some person I didn't know. I didn't know it was. I so I opened it up and basically the fucking the Nigerian prince says you want a million dollars. You no, know, I wish it was because whoever it was, the guy must have known I was a Star Wars fan because I had, you know, hashtag Star Wars, whatever. Um, and my open Facebook profile and basically told me the plot that Han Solo dies like 36 hours before I had tickets to see it. 
still to this day have not found out who that person was. And when I do, I will find you. And I have a certain set of skills that um, totally ruined the whole surprise for me. So immediately I was pissed off. And I and when it ha- when I saw it going down, because there was even photos there, I knew it was going to happen. So I, it lost the luster for me, which really pissed me the fuck off. Um, and then since then, I like I went on a moratorium on Facebook like two weeks before the movie drops. I don't even open social media because I, I can't be bothered because I'm just afraid it's going to happen again. So I kind of lost that pop um, in the theater when it happened. I know you had a pop. I'm sure you're going to talk about it soon. Um, but I got that pop when it came to Qui-Gon. I had no idea Qui-Gon was going to die. You know, you got this massive actor who um, you assume is going to be leading this, you know, this franchise for the next three movies. And he's going to be teaching Anakin and it, something's going to happen. We knew at some point he was potentially going to die because in episode four, Obi-Wan talks to Luke about how they were, you know, they were, they, they trained together and they did this, they did this, go into it. But you, you knew he potentially wasn't going to be around, but nobody's, I, I don't know, obviously Derek's already coming, but I was so invested with, you know, my dick through the popcorn trick with my uh, ex-wife that, um, that, uh, I, I didn't see it coming. And, you know, the, the cheap shot pop up from the hilt and then the plunge through the chest and the way that Liam Neeson sold it was fantastic. Um, and then the ensuing battle after was, was, was at that point, the best lightsabering we had ever seen between, uh, Obi-Wan and Darth Maul. And then the, um, very heartfelt goodbye that he says to, you know, his Padawan as he like strokes his chin when he's like, but master, master, um, it really was touching. Um, for me, it's going to be Qui-Gon because it, the surprise wasn't ruined, but, the gravitas of a son killing a father to further, you know, make himself into a man or to go down his path is is very is very Greek mythology, if I may borrow one, my friend. Um, and uh, took one of our favorite characters out of the game really early and solidified how much of a prick Adam Driver was going to be as Kylo Ren. Uh, but again, because that shit got, got ruined for me, it's hard for me to, to put that more over. Now, Papa Don, before you jump in here and, and, and shout out to you, Doc, cause that, that was a great breakdown of exactly why you feel it. I mean, I, what I, do, bro. Emotions. What I, do, bro. I know you, man, you're a pro, but I don't know if you guys remember, um, right before what the fuck was it? The Phantom Menace dropped. I was one of those dudes who paid $12 for meet Joe Black just to go see the trailer. Right. Boom. And it was a teaser. I was like, oh, fuck. And then went. Joe Black was the number one movie that weekend because all us assholes went out there, paid our money, and then walked out after the trailer dropped. So literally the week before Star Wars came out, before The Phantom Menace came out in theaters and was released, I don't know if you guys remember this, and I don't know if this was a New York thing. I'm pretty sure it was national. There was a TV show hyping it up. It was, it was like 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 a just a, a short form one hour show where they're like, hey, we're gonna go behind the scenes and, and build this up so that way all you all you Star Wars fans can go check out this movie when, when it drops and get you hyped and, and bring new fans in and they're building it up, building it up, building it up and showing behind the scenes clips and all this other shit. And then there's one little segment where it's a hip hop segment and they got this dude rapping, but he's rapping the fucking spoilers of the movie and his last line is. Oh, and the, and at the end, uh, Liam Neeson dies, and so does Darth Maul. I was like, motherfucker, what did you just say? I lost my fucking mind. I got to go on YouTube and see if I can find that. Dude, it's out there. I guarantee you. I swear. I want to see it was on Channel 5 or Channel 9. This is in the New York days. But, dude, I lost my fucking 
mind. And I, I don't know how you feel when, when you find out about Han Solo dying and you go in, you're like, dude, you just like ruined the spot for me. Like it, it's, it's over. It's I'm over. glad I, I'm glad I didn't see that. I'm gonna find it. You guys gonna play it. You're gonna enjoy it. And you're gonna be a little hot. I waited online for like 20 hours. If he would have waited online for 20 hours to take it and then it got spoiled, he would have been fucking pissed. I'd still be in jail. Dude, I was tight. tight. Not for nothing, Doc. We can find out who sent you that fucking email. It's just his IP address and fucking Jane Silent Bob his ass. Like it fucking Jane Silent Bob strikes back. Uh, I I may still have the message. I have to dig it out. Please do. It'd be fun. And we could tape it and put it on Patreon. It makes him Scott Ole. Anyway. Um, all right. Let's see. <sighs> My favorite character is Han Solo. So, kind of jaded when it comes to this scenario. But you kind of knew something was going to happen when he's walking down the guardrail. Uh, walking down the, 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 what do you call it? Oh, fuck, Scaffold. Scaffold with no guardrail. You're like, oh, fuck, something's going to happen. I thought they built it up that way, and then they were going to swerve us. I actually thought Kylo was going to turn face. When he fucking killed Han Solo, I jumped out of my seat in my theater, in the theater. It's about 2 o'clock in the morning in Flushing, New York, in Queens, and I yelled out, No! 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 When my brother pulled me down, says, yo, dude, Malaka, sit down. What's wrong with you? Right? And I felt like I got fucking gutted. Because that one scene where Han Solo fucking caressed his son's face and just strokes it and then fucking timbers right into the abyss, I was fucking gutted. To me, that will forever be the most gut-wrenching death in movie cinema history for me. Liam Neeson, again, not so much. Um, like I said, when I first saw the first film, I was in a the theater. And I was getting upset. I'm watching the film, and I'm like, this is following the same beats as fucking episode four, tit for tat. Two Jedis, a princess, a fucking creature. They're going on an expedition. A fucking villain at the end. Oh, he's fighting the master. I go watch him fucking die. And then two minutes later, he died. And I went, oh, now I loved Qui Gon. I think he's the definition of a true Jedi. Uh, but then later finding out that this was done intentional, so the movie through a new set of eyes, because according to the architect, Mr. Lucas, Star Wars is supposed to rhyme. It's like poetry. Okay, I get it. So with all that being said, it was a bad death scene, but it was not as over for me as it was for Han Solo. Just watching, maybe. I'm a father, and just being taken out by your own son hit me like a fucking, like a steam engine, pow, you know? And then realizing what Derek said, so I realized that afterwards that we will never see Han, Leia, and Luke, the Holy Trinity. And you can even throw Colt 45, fucking Lando, and, and Chewbacca all together. We won't get the, get the band back together one last time. I was upset and I was devastated. Even equally as devastated as watching Luke's death and eight. But that's another story for another time. So there you have it, folks. That was who's more over. 
Next week, we'll do another topic. Send your emails to newforceorder at yahoo.com. So, uh, Spiro, let's not forget you. What do you think? What's more over for you? Han's death or Qui-Gon's death? Listen, I'm going to sum this up like this. Pretty simple, okay? When Qui-Gon died, I fucking cheered. Not because I don't like Qui-Gon. I fucking love Qui-Gon, okay? Um, but because fucking Darth Maul just fucking, you know, I, listen, we knew he wasn't going to beat Obi-Wan because we already saw the original trilogy and all that other shit that comes. So, but it was dope to see a fucking Sith man, you know, taking on two Jedi and taking out the fucking master, like right through his fucking chest, man. That was dope. So, but when Han died, dude, I, I. I wanted to fucking cry, man. Fuck, you know? I mean, and I'm not even a Han Solo mark, but he's a fucking iconic character. And, you know, shit, man. Um, the fact that it came at his son's hands, uh, fuck, you know, man? That shit, that death held so much weight, man. I thought I was going to shit my fucking heart out, man. Fuck. But, yeah, man, Han's death is more over, man. No fucking doubt about it. If we're going on um, emotional factor and, you know, meaning and plot point and all that shit, you know, definitely, definitely Han's death. Surprise, surprise. Spiro comes through batting cleanup for the Sith Eternal over there and hits us with a little bit of uh, knowledge. He didn't even go to college. See, I made a rhyme there, Don. Boop, boop, boop. You guys know who Chloe Bennett is? The actress. I Remind do. me. She plays in uh, Shield, Agents of Shield. She was Quake. Okay. Quake. Hot piece of ass. Oh. Well, reportedly, she's being looked at as the top choice to play a live action Doctor Actor. Yeah, I saw this. Um, I know you did. I sent it to you. I know. I know you did. Um, and. If we're talking about actresses for Afra, I think she's good. I think she would she would fit the bill. But do we really need to bring Doctor Afra out of the comic books and into live action? I don't know. I mean, we have enough Star Wars lore from the movies, from the cartoons, to kind of build upon where we're at right now. And do we really need to go that deep and go that hard? That's what she said. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, it depends how they're doing it and where they're doing it and what they're doing with it for, you know, for the most part. She said that also. Exactly. Um, but eh, it's really not, you know, getting me excited. Gotcha. Um, I see your point of view, Doc. Are you familiar with the character, Derek? Dr. Afro from the comics? Well, it's just, it's not, now that you mentioned comics, it's basically cartoons that don't move. So, no, I, I don't want to <laughs> read those either. So. <laughs> Supposedly, she's an archaeologist, uh, right? Mm-hmm. She's alive during the time of the original trilogy to the point where Vader hires her because he tries something happens in the first run of the Vader comics, which is really good. Charles Soule wrote it um, for Marvel Comics. The Emperor's beefing. He has heat Vader because he let the Death Star get destroyed. So he starts testing Vader. He hires this one guy uh, who books all these robots, cyborgs, whatever. And tr- tests Vader saying, if you don't fucking overcome these obstacles, you're not worthy to be my apprentice. And then, uh, lo and behold, the guy, is the, the guy who created the cyborgs and all this stuff 
the one who created the suit. So he knows how to hit Vader by turning the suit off, right? Vader does some shady biz behind the Emperor's back, hires his girl to be a sidekick to complete the shady biz. And she has two killer robots, a black R2-D2 looking R2 astromech droid and a black um, C-3PO droid and then murder droids. Black droids so, matter. That's right. Black droid lives matter. And then uh, she, uh, she, she got over, man. She got over huge with, with, the, with the fan base. So now they're talking about bringing her into fruition as a live-action character. To be honest with you, I think Chloe Bandit did a fantastic job as Quake on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I love that TV show. At uh, certain points, it did get a little slow, but then they did a complete 180 and flipped the script, and it was very entertaining for all seven, eight seasons, whatever it was on ABC. But when I heard this chick's name... Um, I heard she was going to be casted as Sabine Wren initially. And to be honest with you, I'd rather see her as Sabine than Dr. Afra. And she kind of looks like Sabine. Cut the hair short, put some color in it. She's from Rebels. She's a Mandalorian from Rebels. Give her a sandwich. Different sandwich, exactly. But I don't know. That's just my take. Uh, I mean, if you guys want to feel free, you guys rather see her as Afra or... Uh, I, I like her better as Afra if they're going to go that route. But like I said, I mean, do we really need to go that route? Uh, there's so many things they could do. And I, I, just, I just don't see where this live action Afra fits into the puzzle, especially if they want to keep it within canon um, with the stuff that Marvel's doing right now. Yeah, I think this is all bullshit. I, I mean, I, I, think, I think it's a good opportunity. Again, I'm not familiar with the character, but I think it's a good opportunity for them to. Oh, she's do a dyke, a, too. Oh, oh well, when you put that that way, I mean, yeah. Fuck it. I mean, she's going to eat some muff, some, some like galactic muff. I'm, I'm all about that. But uh, the way I'm seeing it here is like, I mean, when you do a spinoff on characters that you're not familiar with, but they're in a world that you are familiar with, kind of like Rogue One. They always said, oh, a lot, of, a lot of good people died to get us these plans. And now you're telling me the story about the people who stole the plans and died to get you those plans. So you can blow that shit up. I mean, I'm all for it. The problem is, though, is that at this point in time. I mean, we're 40 years from when this shit first dropped. So it's like, okay, if, you, if you're going to take us back to that time where it's where it's going to be part of canon of the original trilogy, and I start seeing familiar faces, there's certain faces you can't recast. And I'm like, if you can't mess with that, leave it the fuck alone and go in a different direction. I mean, it could be in the same timeline, but it doesn't necessarily have to be with with... Look, I know I'm sure that you guys have already discussed this about maybe recasting Luke Skywalker with Sebastian Stan, which I'm like, you know what? I'm all for it. But that means you got to recast Carrie Fisher. You got to recast Harrison Ford. When you, once you start going through that recasting process, now you're redesigning the original trilogy for a new generation, which I'm OK with. But our generation's still here. And I think it's kind of a bit of a slap in the face. To a certain extent, I see your point and I agree with you. If they try to remake the original trilogy, yeah. If they add more stories to that timeline with those characters, different missions, with the new, with the, with the, with recasted people, it might work. Um, who knows? I mean, look, they fucking brought Tarkin back from the dead, and I thought they did a fantastic job with him. You know, mm-hmm. we're now with his deep fake technology too, being the way it is. Um, you could put on Harrison's Ford face on a fucking two dollar actor. And the two dollar actor will be happy to do it for the payday, and they'll be able to pull it off. Now, whether or not they get the permission from Harrison Ford to do so, obviously that's another story. But I'm glad you brought it up, Rogue One. Um, two things: I love that movie. 
my opinion, the best Disney movie made of Star Wars out of all the Disney movies. And I'm a huge advocate and a huge uh, proponent for Solo. I think Solo was fucking phenomenal. But mm. the reason why you didn't like Solo? I, I, you know, I walked in. I liked the first half hour. And then it went downhill from there. Then I tried to revisit it recently. I was like, yo, you know what? Fuck this movie. I can't sit through it again. But I, I, I want to do it again. I, I'm going to try. And I'm, I'm going to think with an open mind. Don't look at it. Look at it. The way I looked at it was like this. I saw it opening night. And when I saw it, uh, I went in there with an open mind. And I said, don't expect this guy to do a Harrison Ford impersonation of Han Solo. Let's see what his take on the character is. And in my opinion, I think he hit a home run with it. Because the guy can't be a seasoned, grizzled, grizzled vet right off the bat. There needs to be a reason why he's become seasoned, grizzled, and disgruntled, and just doesn't care. And he's just a fucking smuggler and a scoundrel. Can't start off like that, because then there's no meaning. Look at Ray. She started off perfect, right? Now she was perfect throughout the whole trilogy. That's why she got that Mary Sue tagline. So to me, the reason why he played that optimistic, um, negligent type of Han who believes that he's the smuggler and then gets dicked over by his mentor that he has to shoot first, which I popped for, and then gets left by the love of his life. Those are steps, baby steps to what's slowly becoming the Han that we know. And I think Alden did a fantastic job doing his own take on it. But that's just me. But you know, my, my thing is, is like if you watch the original trilogy and they do those callbacks, hey, don't fuck with the Wookiee. He's going to rip your arms out the sockets. Hey, the Kessel Run. Hey, I won this thing from, from um, Lando in a card game. And you stuff that in the matter of a weekend in Solo. I'm like, eh, come on, man. Like, it's I agree. Too, it's too much. You're stuffing too much shit for the fan service. And then the dialogue, as because it's not Shakespearean. And I don't know if this is, if this is a Miller and Lord thing. But then it became too hokey and too comic-y and, and too kid-friendly. Well, you got to realize he's also freaking wet behind the ears Greenhorn. So that's mm -hmm. why the... I mean, from, my, from that point of view. But I love the card game. That's my favorite scene in the whole entire movie. When, they, when they, that, that whole premise in the bar when they're playing Sabacc and then he, he loses because you actually thought he was winning it there. And they give you the swerve and he wins it at the end. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that coming. I thought that was fucking great that he won it the second time around. Yep. Fair and square. Um... The train scene I thought was cool. I loved Woody Harrelson. I thought he was awesome in the movie. I'm a big Woody Harrelson, Mark. Mm -hmm. um, but whatever. It's not about soul. The reason I bring it up, Rogue One, is the reason why I love Rogue One as well is because they flipped, they fixed a plot hole about the exhaust port. Because then people were saying, why would, they, why, would they, why would they have an exhaust port lead to the reactor? And they explained that it was a sabotage. It was a booby trap by the creator, the guy, uh, Mickelson, Jin uh, Urso's dad. because mm -hmm. Galen Urso. Galen Ursaw, because he was being held by his own against his will to create this weapon. And that was his exodus, his uh, uh, in case of emergency, break glass, failsafe, whatever. Project Stardust, whatever he called it. Pro and I thought that was beautiful. Because they turned, they made chicken shallow out of chicken shit. And I thought that was great. Now, if they could do some of that with some other plot holes, they already done that in, through the comics with a couple of beats. Marvel's doing great. They could do that with shows and movies. You know, more on you. But, you know, Stellan Skazgard, um, famous actor from Thor. He was the doctor in Thor. He's going to be playing in Andor, which is the spinoff Disney Plus series from uh, Diego Luna, not uh, the Mandalorian actor, because Dr. Racist last, uh, last, last show 
got a mistake because they're both Mexican. So I'm just did I? Yeah, didn't you say? Uh, apples and oranges on the highway. Speaking of oranges, what's up, homeboy eighty eight? Anyway, talking about his role, they did an interview recently uh, with ComicBookMovie.com. Um, Stellan Skarsgård talks about Andor. He explains why the opportunity to work with filmmaker Tony Gilroy led him uh, heading into a galaxy far, far away. Uh, and basically, they go through the interview. He goes, when I saw Rogue One, it had much more atmosphere and it seemed a little more mature. And that was why that was Tony Gilroy, who was the showrunner for this one. So hopefully this one will be a little bit more than just plastic people falling over. And speaking of over. <laughs> and speaking of over, I should have fucking lived with that. Um, your thoughts. What do you guys think? He's about his little, uh, his little uh, quote over there. You guys expecting good things from Andor? We kind of touched base on the last show, but it might be a little bit more dark, darker, uh, more of a spy espionage. Derek, what do you think? So that, 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 that's my original point when I was talking about Solo is that I prefer the darker tone and the grittier tone films. Like if if you would have let me write Solo, I would have spent more time with Han Solo as a stormtrooper and dealing with the Empire and then wanted, spinning that story around of how he got out of there and decided to, to be with the Rebel Alliance. So I, I got a feeling we're going to see a lot of that with Andor um, and see why he's part of the resistance and see why he's against the empire and, and get a little bit more of his backstory. And it'll bring more, I don't want to say credibility, but I want, it'll bring more meat to the story that, that when we catch up with him in rogue one. So I'm all for it. You know, my, uh, my take on Andor. I, I think it's going to be a great show. I think it, it's something that we need to see in the Star Wars universe. We need to see that, that backstory, that, that rebellion portion where you could do whatever you need to do to get the agenda across um, I don't know what Skarsgård's talking about. Little plastic men falling over. I, uh, I don't know what he's talking about there, but uh, he's probably talking about the models from the, the original trilogy. But uh, um, okay, buddy. I guess I'm taking a guess. That's an educated guess. I didn't read the, the article. I just read the quotes. Um, oh, here's the million dollar question. In episode two, we had a diner, right? Uh, with what's his name? Dexter. Um, Dexter, which I love that scene. I thought it was funny. Um, you think an Andrew will get a fucking? Bodega in Star Wars. With oh the, shit! With the Mexico, Mexico cat sleep, sleeping on the bread. The Loth cat sleeping <laughs> on the bread. But you got to have air as we had the counter making the sandwiches. Tuscan Raiders. They call the air rap Poppy. <laughs> they gonna sell Lucy's? Like Poppy got tropical fantasy in the fridge. Those Spanish fly behind the counter. It's gotta happen in the Bronx. Like your Poppy got chopped cheese in the back. Sleeping that chopped cheese. Oh God! Oh, oh, so Doc, since you like to play with toys, did you see what happened with the new Black series? I did see what happened with the new Black series, and I, I the second I saw it, I was like, "Oh, Papa Don's gonna be very, very excited." So, four figures were announced for the new Black series that's coming out, which are doing the um, the callback cards again. I know Derek just flashed up his uh, Boba Fett there that was in the vintage card. But now they're going back and doing the 2003 cards, I think they are. Or maybe they're 2000. Yes, I think it was three to eight. They ran the Clone Wars cards um, for the three and three quarter figures. They're putting four figures into the Black Six Inch Black Series line. Uh, it's going to be uh, Clone Trooper, the Arc Trooper Echo, I think. Is it Echo or is it? No, is it Fives or Echo? I think it's Echo. I think it's Echo, yes. And then it's going to be uh, Pilot Hawk, another Clone Trooper which they'll never give us what he's going to pilot because it's going to be too expensive. And then they're doing nice. An Anakin. 
um, in the armor, and they're also doing your favorite Papa Don, Obi Wan Kenobi in the armor. But it's the half armor, not the full armor. Yeah, I know. It's the armor from the cartoon, not the armor with the. My favorite is the Obi Wan in the armor, but he's wearing the solid brown tunic on top of the armor from the Tarkovsky uh, Clone Wars episodes, as opposed to the Clone Wars episode where they kind of tweak the armor a little bit and they get yep. in that light brown tunic as opposed to the dark brown tunic. But I, you know, it's still nice. I'm not gonna. I I might ask you to pick it up for me since you're the man with the plan. Um, it's a Target exclusive, which has been notoriously difficult to track down, but. You know, you boy. Stay on target. Stay on target. Um, Derek, do you you collect any toys besides that Boba Fett figure? So you know, back um, I used to collect a lot of action figures. Obviously, when I was a kid, I had all the '80s shit, and then I got in trouble in school. My parents dropped it down the fucking garbage disposal. Um, but when, 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 yo, dude, it was it was heart wrenching. I lived on the 11th floor. I hear that shit, cling, 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 and going down <laughs> the shoot. I'm like, oh fuck, shouldn't punch that kid in the face. But then um, when when the Phantom Menace came out, as a matter of fact, before the Phantom Menace came out, they started re-releasing the the action figures. So I started racking up on those really quick. I was like, "Fuck that!" They're twenty dollars a pop. Small figures. They they had no no GI Joe Joe Kung. I almost said GI Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they they you couldn't fuck around with the arms. They didn't have like you know that they weren't posable and shit like that. So I started racking up on these things. And dude, I had boxes i mean boxes of fucking action figures and there was no value i mean you had to find the boba fett with the full circle on his fist oh, and shit like right. that. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah so i was like and then they would, they would re-release the card with like a little microfilm and some other shit so dude i had boxes of it and then when i went to go check the value i was like oh man i bought all this shit for nothing i'm thinking i'm gonna buy a house cash in on it so when my son was born i let him go in the boxes and i just spent the day watching him tear them all open and i got them in a box somewhere but lately i haven't been collecting much um i'm very tempted i love the black series the detail in it like i said that boba fett figure i want i want a tuscan raider i want a couple of han solos and chewies i want all the the bounty hunters i mean i want that shit the thing is once i buy it, i'm like the fuck am i gonna do with this right now <laughs> so get hooked, bro. It's yeah you do stuff. man it's, it's 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 toy crack dude like i said doc doc is huge on the toys unfortunately i am huge on the statues and the busts and the helmets uh, my man cave down here is full of fucking, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, nine, and I need more, nine glass cases from Ikea, full of collectibles of Marvel, DC, um, but mostly Star Wars, and I got three helmets, I got a Boba Fett helmet, I got a, a Stormtrooper helmet, and then I got a custom-made Clone Trooper helmet with the Ahsoka Tano paint on it that they did from episode uh season seven of the clone wars got all the fucking movie posters up here um yeah it's bad it's very bad but uh once you start you can't fucking stop i got that it's just crazy yeah you know you know when i stopped it was, it was right after my wedding and, and a quick story so my wife's like what can i get you as a wedding gift i'm like yo here's exactly what i want i want a life-size han solo and carbonite in the oh, fucking living room i want with spotlights on it, and when people come over, I'm like, yo, you know, I, I hired Boba, and he fucking brought Han Solo to me, and looked at us. she was like, there's no fucking way that's going to my living room. So we ended up settling on something that I decided when I was four years old, when I was like, listen, mom, dad, again, four years old, when I have a kid, I'm going to name my daughter Leia. They're like, get the fuck out of here, right? That's not thinking about sex at four. <laughs> but, so, my daughter's name is is, is uh, Leia. So, you know, I got, I was trying to name my son Luke, and she was like, yo, enough with the fucking movie names already. We'll figure something else out but yeah man i okay, still want Doc, that life size 
Doc, you're on mute. I don't know how I'm on mute again, but that's my daughter's middle name, Leah. No, no shit. All right. Yep. <laughs> um, what do you call it? I too want that fucking Han Solo and Carbonite. Um, our friend Crowbar has one. He nope. picked it up for five hundred bucks. Get the fuck out. He got. He told me not to put his business on Front Street, but uh, a mutual friend, Amish uh, Roadkill, uh-huh. uh, got him. He to they saw a comic book store that was selling that in a life size Vader, and he ended up getting them both. I think for five hundred dollars a pop. He negotiated it down, and they brought it to his house. He has it in his Star Wars man crib. We had him on the show, and him and I talk all the time about you know about wrestling, politics, and fucking uh, Star Wars. But uh, yeah, man, I definitely want a fucking legitimate Han Solo and Carbonite. But the only thing is, I, I see all the prices for it. They want like seven thousand, eight thousand. Yes, yeah, I'm not spending that fucking money on that. There's no way I can justify it. Nope. No, not right. right now. I got other shit to worry about. I've I've seen a stainless steel fridge where somebody made the fucking Han Solo and Carbonite in yeah, a stainless steel dude. fridge. I pop for that big time. Yeah, that's fucking dope. Um, speaking of dope, though, uh, news just came out. Actually, set leaks from Obi Wan Kenobi the series. Uh, uh, a guy from uh, Noah from uh, at Outlaw Noah. I forgot what famous podcast he does. It might be Rebels, some kind of transmissions. I forgot the fucking name of it, but. Um, he posted set images, which features a structure that apparently looks like the Lars homestead. Um, that would make sense, though. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not too far-fetched. He's on top of me. What the fuck do you expect to see? You'll well, see the, the cantina. The, the Lars, the- we, do, we, we know they got casted. They cast yeah. the same people that was, that was in the uh, episode three. So, uh, it, uh, no shit, Sherlock. So, again, slow news week. A lot of news, but a lot of meaningless news. Like shit that you'd say, no shit, Sherlock. Like, duh. But, uh, I mean, I actually was thinking about this today when I read this article real quick. And I said, wait a minute. This isn't important. What's important is we're going to see Ewan McGregor reprise his role. We're going to see a bunch of surprises that they haven't announced. The young Luke Skywalker, a 10-year-old playing Luke Skywalker. Um... We're going to see Joel Edgerton being Lars. We're going to see Amperu. We're going to see Anakin Skywalker. Um, Anakin! We're going to see as Darth Vader. Um, and Hayden Christensen is reprising his role. And we know, and I'm just taking an educated guess here, we'll see him be masked. And we'll get to see him and Obi-Wan uh, do this again. And I think it's going to be very emotional, in my opinion, to see Hating Christensen battle Obi Wan Kenobi one last time, one other, one, I guess one last time. I mean, what's your thoughts, Derek? That that kind of ruins Episode Four for me because um, really? as much as I, as as much as I want to see Hayden Christensen back, trust me, I love it. I would prefer to to do like um like De Niro and Pacino and Heat, keep them separate the whole fucking series. They don't need to battle because when they meet up, when he's an old man in episode four, it's like, oh, the last time we met, you, you know, I, I, you were just the learner. Now I'm the fucking master. And I was like, oh, yes, I want that time gap between their battle in episode three and then their battle in episode four. I don't need you just for a cheap pop to get them battling on Tatooine in between. I don't want that. Okay, I see your point of view, but can I can I retort? 
Sure, please. Okay, we've talked about this many of times on you, this podcast. You never go full full, full retort. Never go full <laughs> retort. That's right. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, I see your point of view from that statement. The, I don't know if it was clever editing or clever booking or whatever on Lucas's part, but when Vader goes, there's a presence I haven't felt since, and then doesn't say it, leaves it open-ended like a $2 whore, it means it could be from whenever, right? But here's the kicker. Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, two lines. Obi-Wan tells Luke about Vader being his father. He's more machine than man now. How does he know? He left them to burn on Mustafar. If that was the last time you right. saw him. Number two, when Vader had his discussion with Luke in the hallway, when Luke gives himself in on Endor, and he tries to convince him to turn to the light, and he sees that he constructed a new lightsaber, he said to him, Obi-Wan once thought as you did, but it's too late for you, son. When did that happen? Because mm. it didn't happen in episode three. So... All right. There's a, there's a lot of meat on that bone that you needs got me. to that needs to be fucking fleshed out, not flesh light. Sorry, Doc. No. But it needs to be fleshed out, and it it could work. And this is what I mean. There's certain there's certain things that get reverse engineered, and it makes sense. Like the exhaust the exhaust port plot hole being reverse engineered now it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever realized this in your favorite movie, Empire Strikes Back, when in the beginning. They find the base on Hoth. And Doc, we've said this to death. And the and uh, the Admiral goes, We found something, and the other admiral's fighting with them. We you know it's not them. And then Vader comes over and he sees the base. He goes, That's them. And Skywalker is there too. Right? Mm-hmm. Ten minutes, fifteen minutes later, he says he sees the hologram from the Emperor, and the Emperor says, this is the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. And, you know, and he goes, are you sure? And he goes, search your feelings, Vader. You know it to be true, right? Vader just broke kayfabe in the first five minutes of the movie saying the word Skywalker. How did he know? If he's finding out from the Emperor. So what did they do in Marvel Comics? He was trying to find out who was the rookie pilot or the hotshot pilot in the X-Wing. That blew up the Death Star. He sent Boba Fett to Tatooine, to Bo Kenobi's hut, and Luke went to Kenobi's hut to get something, right? To get his like uh, chest that he had that he got the lightsaber out of, and they got into a big scuffle. Luke won the battle barely, left, and he told uh, or Darth Vader he escaped. But I found out a name. His name was Skywalker, and then the heat between him and the Emperor, the undercover brother fucking heat with him and the Empress playing in the background subliminally now to where slowly and surely the seeds are dropping that leads to his eventual face turn. But that it fixes that plot hole right there. How did he know the name was Skywalker in the beginning of Empire when originally he was told by the Emperor and he, he acts like that's the first time he saw it. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. I mean, you don't think it's like, alright, well, you know, 
Skywalker's a common name in this galaxy. Like, there's no a bunch of motherfuckers way. tattooing names a... Skywalker. Like, no, but this one's the fucking spawn of Anakin. I'm like, oh, all right. Uh, no, that's I used to have his bones. They, they, asked, they, asked, they, asked, they asked him, they asked George Lucas about that. And he says, the only name that's very common in the Star Wars universe, the Smith of the Star Wars universe, is Antilles. So Wedge's last name is a common name. There's another Antilles okay. who was the owner of C-3PO in the beginning. Right, Doc? Yep, there's also a Captain Antilles, which is different than um than Wedge, too. He's one of the uh, the hallway troopers. Yep. Yo, you know what's funny? And uh, again, I know you guys don't have a track, but I was fucking with this book before we started this show. Uh, did you know that R2-D2 sabotaged uh, the red one? R5-D4, whatever his name was? Yep. He yep. sabotaged him. He broke him inside the sand crawler so that way Luke couldn't buy him because he's already been programmed. Like, yo, Princess is like, you got to do this mission by any means necessary. He's like, fuck, there's another droid that he might be. Break that motherfucker right now. Yep. Uh, yeah, dude. A lot of shit. I learned that Lobot was a slave. Dude, yeah. there's a lot of shit I didn't know. Like, goddamn, I got to get back on my reading now. And speaking about slaves, we do a, a, a segment on this show called From a Certain Point of View. So, Doc, please introduce it. Only as you can. Do we have a topic tonight? Yeah, I do. Right okay, now. Okay. It has God. to do with slaves. Perfect. Okay. I love it already. Um, here in Little Force Order, we do a segment called From a Certain Point of View. And what we do is look at a scene, a line, a quote, a portion of one of the movies or cartoons or whatever in Star Wars canon. And that at one point, meant really you know maybe nothing maybe it meant something else to you but when more things come out when you start to think about it a little bit more it may mean something different to you from a certain point of view so just so you get a better understanding uh derek mm-hmm. here's an example we've done this in the past but i kind of keeps popping up there's a part in return of the jedi where luke skywalker's fighting Darth Vader. At one point, Luke Skywalker is on the scaffold up top. Vader looks at him and goes, Obi-Wan has taught you well. In 83, people thought it pertained to his fighting ability being trained as a Jedi. But after episode three, you realize when Vader told him that, he threw the fucking saber at the chop down the scaffold and Luke fell. It's because Luke had the high ground. Mm. So that's why it's different from a certain point of view. Okay. You see what I mean? All and right. another another topic that we once talked talked about on the show was like uh, the end of uh, the beginning of episode three when they when he kills Dooku when they're about to leave because the fucking ship's gonna crash. He goes to grab Obi Wan and uh, Pat uh, Palpatine goes, "Leave him. We don't have any time." And he looks over and he goes, "His fate will be like our own." And what happens? All three men died on the Death Star. Okay. Boom. Okay. Damn. Boom. Fucking you up. Fucking you up now. Deep dives. Huh? Yeah, you deep diving. You fucking okay. me up real bad. So here, here's, the topic, right in my ear. here's the topic for tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. We did a fucking really good one last week. What Just was last, a, week? last week's topic was did Vader really kill Obi-Wan Kenobi? Or did Obi-Wan Kenobi become one with the force before Vader struck him down? Because he realized that if you give him the impression to Luke, that he's became one with the Force, that would be the catalyst to set Luke off into becoming a Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. 
And the reason why we say that is because look at Yoda when he dies in episode eight, or episode six. He just vanishes. Look at Luke when he dies. He just vanishes. Look at um, Kylo. Just vanishes, right? No problems. Nothing. Obi-Wan can get slashed down. Just vanishes. He doesn't get decapitated. He doesn't get severed. Nothing, right? As soon as the lightsaber is about to touch him, bloop, he disappears. And then the fucking lightsaber goes through his fucking cloak and Vader steps on it like he's surprised. Like, what the fuck just happened? So people, so now the new issue is, did he become one with the Force on purpose to trigger Luke Skywalker to become the spark for Luke Skywalker? Like Luke Skywalker did in Episode Eight to become the spark for the for the rebellion as being, you know, sacrificing himself so they can escape? Same difference. Uh, or did Vader really strike him down? Ten years ago, yeah, Vader struck him down. But now someone brings up this and you're like, huh, wait a minute, there's some weight behind this fucking theory. So that's what we talked about last week. But this week is we're talking about Anakin Skywalker. Anakin! Um, and how Anakin, the more he decided to run away, the more his destiny stayed the same. And that destiny is him always being a slave. And why? You might say, I don't understand. He was freed from Watto. Well, here it goes. When he was a young child, he was a slave to Watto. Obviously, helped Watto in his junkyard and did all that stuff. Then he became a slave to the Jedi Order. Now, I know what you're saying. No, he wasn't. He was a Padawan. But he had to adhere to the Jedi Code of Ethics and the rules and no looking at girls and no attachments and nothing of that nature. Right? Then what happens? Then he became a slave to his fear, losing Padme. Didn't want her to die. Then he became a slave to Sidious, to where he couldn't overthrow his master. He knew it. He knew for a fact that the dark side was powerful. And then his son freed him. So his destiny as the chosen one, not only being the chosen one, but also being a slave. That is his, no matter how far he tried to run away from it, every time he took a left, he still went to fucking Slave Avenue, if you will. And that's where he ended up. So there we go. Your, your takes on the matter, guys. I'm digging it, man. And, and it kind of makes um, Luke um, the, the Lincoln figure, if that's the case. <laughs> I mean, just ah! freeing him. And, like... and Vader was black. Yeah, well, yeah, on the outside, at least. <laughs> Well, he was black on the inside, too, because he's pretty crispy. <laughs> he said, just like that chicken. All right. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, 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 I dig the analogy there that he had always been. He was born a slave, died a slave. And, and I mean, you look at slavery. It's funny. I was having that conversation with my wife a while ago because I was like, damn, slavery's really fucked up that people like, like that, first of all, that it happened, but that some people were born into slavery and never knew freedom. Like, there was a generation of slaves that were like, hey, by the way, I own you now. Get the fuck over here with all these chains on. But some people were born into slavery, never understood what freedom was, and then died a slave. And I feel like you're right. Anakin was – his mother was a slave. And I don't know. They said the, the whatever the fuck. She got knocked up or, you know, the, 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 she got God's gift or whatever the fuck it was. But he was born into that life. 
he only knew how to take orders. He only knew how to be owned. He, and, and, and going from one master to another and, and, and being told what to do and be told who you are. He never had that freedom to choose his own fate um, until the very end to save his own son. Um, because at that point, when, when Palpatine's telling him in that throne room in Return of the Jedi, he's like, oh, strike down your father and stand by my side. He's like, I don't want you to become that slave. You were already working the farm system. And granted, it's not slave work, but that shit was some fucked up shit. I, you don't want to go back there. You definitely don't want to work with this motherfucker over here. So I, I, I get it. Um, and, and, and I love the analogy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in on that. I'm getting right all my chips. He, 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 look, look, he said, you thought my brother was a dick with the fucking water fucking <laughs> moisture bathroom. <laughs> Like Shivy Popper is the worst. <laughs> Get ready. He don't even have a whip. He got an electric fingers. <laughs> <laughs> crackle, crackle, zappity, zappity. Uh, what do you think, Doc? Uh, so, it, 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 let me tell you, Pop. You amaze me every week as how you come up with the shit because uh, I'm always at a loss. For, even though I think about it like all week about topics, um, there's some bug up your ass for it, which is good. Uh, he was. I mean, from from the minute he was born, like Derek just said, he was a slave. And the minute uh, up until about three minutes before he died, he wasn't a slave because he got passed around like a cheap whore at the whorehouse um, from all his masters. Like you said, he, he, even when he thought he was being freed when he won that pod race, um, he became a part of the Jedi Order. Which you know, if you look at those poor kids that got slaughtered by Anakin. They they were pretty much in, in slave labor. I mean, who willfully gives up their kids? <laughs> who willfully gives up their kids to uh to you know to a bunch of uh, horny looking guys uh to uh to train and, and to never see them again? Uh, that's called the Catholicism. Um, so he he for sure was and 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 look at the rules that were you know that that were imparted upon him. He couldn't have attachments. He couldn't know love. He couldn't you know he had to grow that pretty fucking stupid ass looking uh rat's tail that he had to come on the back of his neck until he became a a master um and they didn't grant him the rank of master so he was definitely a slave to all that and then he became when he was thinking that he was freeing himself when he think he was separating he became a slave to his own emotions to his own like you said his hate his anger his fear um which probably was the worst prison for him at that point and then he gets you know delimbed by obi-wan kenobi and officially transitions over to the dark side and becomes what we know, you know, despite the fact that he's one of the most powerful beings in the galaxy, still a bitch to an old white guy. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, 100% for sure. You know, I, I never thought of it like that before that he was because you look at Vader as this powerful figure who overcame things um, in every aspect of his life, whether they were the things, the good things that he overcame or the bad things that he overcame. He, he, but he was ultimately a tortured, a tortured character, tortured figure that n only in the last minutes of his life was he, did he actually taste freedom that he never knew before? Absolutely. Uh, when I, when I saw this and I went, I put up one and one together and got three. I went, oh, this is fucking interesting. We gotta, we gotta fucking talk about this. So I'm glad we were able to talk about it. But yeah, totally, totally different perspective on the life of this quote-unquote chosen one. Um, and you know, da, da, Derek, um, I know you don't read the comics, but now they're going through a storyline where the Emperor fucked up there, left him on Mustafar for. Dead. Took away his fucking saber. 
took away his arms and his legs, his, his false limbs. He says, if you use the force to try to get out of here, I'm going to come back and kill you. He goes, you got to use your hatred and, be, and earn your spot to become my apprentice again. And he's going through that trial and tribulation right now to where, obviously, he's starting to pull it off and he's going to Exegol. He finds the Wayfinder in the comic book and they're tying it to, you know, a stupid Wayfinder and going into Exegol. But um, Doc and I always said, he always said, you don't know the power of the, of the dark side. I can't. He's my master. The emperor is my master. We're always like, yeah, why is he such a bitch? And Doc and I said, you know what? They should do a Disney series for Vader where he tries to step up to the Emperor and the Emperor just fucks him up and puts him in his place. Unfortunately, we got in the comic book instead of a Disney Plus series. But whatever. Anyhow. Look at it. Source material. Yeah, but you don't read the comics or watch the fucking... It's source material for, for, for Filoni or whatever the fuck's writing it. Yeah, but what I'm saying... It's source material for Filoni and all that, but the point is this. That's the one gripe I have with Star Wars. I'd rather see everything visual especially nowadays, because no one has time to read. If you throw everything on Disney Plus and have fucking 30,000 Star Wars short fucking series, three episodes here, two episodes there, whatever, talking about different timelines and different aspects, and we get to see uh, situations that fill up plot holes or storyline holes, people will be more inclined to put everything together and say, okay, I see the overall arcing story of everything right now. As opposed to people just saying, oh, this, that, and the other, A, B, C, yada, 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 you know, and this and that. But anyhow, I don't want to go down this beaten path because uh, we've said it before, we said it again. What's better than Star Wars, Doc? More fucking Star Wars. What about Amen. lists? Are lists good? Lists? Lists are fantastic. And speaking of, you just made the list. You just made the list. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is the, this is the portion of the show we call... You just made the list. And uh, what we do is we go through some lists that we find about Star Wars, and we give our takes on it. So uh, let me chime. Doc, you want to chime in first? Okay, so here I got the top 10 pocket pussies from The Rise of Skywalker. No, I'm just joking. Uh, Derek was excited. Uh, He's like, oh, I was like, let, yo. Derek's like, let me get a pen. I'm spitting huh. my palm right now. <laughs> hey, number 10, Daisy Ridley. Number yeah, yeah. 9, Daisy Ridley. Oh, did you see that number photo eight. I sent you her this yes, week? Oh. Yes, Daisy Ridley. <laughs> uh, she can shine my lights every time. Okay, here we go. Uh, seven characters that need to appear in Disney's Plus's Bad Batch TV show. Uh, numero uno, Ahsoka Tano. That's a no-brainer. But you know what? I don't think she's going to show up there. I'm just saying. Number two, Darth Vader. Again, mm, he'll be around at that time frame. But are they really going to pull the Vader card? We talked about this maybe at the end. He'll be the one to dispatch of the Bad Batch. Oh, you like that little rhyming over there? Um, and um, and be the one to take him down, which makes perfect sense. Um, I have a lot of ideas about that, but we'll talk about that another day. Uh, so I think I think they should save him for that portion because I think if they pull him out earlier, it's gonna you know ruin the surprise. Oh, that's what she said. Um, Grand Admiral Thrawn again, another character who I think they have other plans for, other uses for. Um, I think they should probably keep that one away and not do that one. Um, uh, Hondo Anaka. Hondo's always yes. a, a fantastic character it's you know he i always love to see him when he pops up and if he's obviously active and around in this time period he needs to pop up and he needs to be there because his stories are always fun and exciting uh kanan jarris we know the Je the, the rogue jedi from um rebels for sure i think uh he would be a good uh a good uh, addition to the bad batch and he could be one of those 
that they go to help out and save, which I think so would be, be a child at that time, though, still. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, but I think they, they, they could pull him through there. It would be Caleb Dune. He wouldn't be Kane and Jarrus. So. Exactly. Um, and then Grogu, a.k.a. Baby Yoda. Um, are they going to show what happened to him potentially in the Bad Batch? Because that would be an easy transition in cartoon form to show how he was uh, you know, saved from uh, Master Skywalker. There's too many of them. Um so I think I think that should be a portion of it, unless I want to save that for the you know the the Grogu and Mando show, and then number one, uh, the last one on the list, which I wholeheartedly disagree with, is going to be Boba Fett. Um, me, you know, we saw him enough in the Clone Wars when he was a kid. I think we could kind of do a Boba moratorium, despite the fact that I'm a super fan of Boba. I think uh, the Bad Batch needs to branch off into their own direction and stay away from the Boba stuff. Well, look at it like this. Um, with the grogu incident, I'd rather see it live action as a flashback. Yes. And I'd rather see that R2-D2 saved him. And that's why he recognizes him when in the, at the end of the season two. Uh, and he gets all happy, does his little R2-D2 shimmer. But um, I would like to see that after he saves him, you know, Grogu comes out of hiding. And all of a sudden, we see a fucking... Mace Windu body just fall out of nowhere, boom, right next to him. And then he looks over and sees Mace Windu and he heals him. You know what I'm saying? And Mace Windu takes him and they fucking bounce. And that's how they can retcon Mace Windu back into the universe. Um, the good thing about Boba Fett, though, I could see that the, the clones are getting their ass kicked, right? By the, trying to take out the Bad Batch. And they call in for some bigger artillery, artillery calling the muscle. And they call in some bounty hunters led by Boba Fett. Maybe Boba Fett takes out one or two of them and the rest escape. And then they got to bring in Vader for cleanup to kill all the fucking clones in the Bad Batch that are left. And that's the season finale or series finale. I don't know if it's going more than one season, but takes them all out at the end via fucking hallway scene from Rogue One. Could be the whole episode of him fucking hunting them down and just taking them all out. Yep. That's the only way I could see them booking that shit. But that's just me. I don't necessarily have a way to book it because, like I said, I, I don't follow the, the, the cartoons or, or the books or, or anything like that. But what I would like to see um, if we don't get a live action version, I'm a big mark for the bounty hunters. So when, when I saw the original trailer for The Mandalorian, I went banana flavored ape shit. And I was like, oh, shit, IG-88's in this. So for the Bad Batch, I mean, if you're going to bring somebody in, I'd like to see a little backstory uh, on, on uh, Dengar and Bosk. I'd like to see a little bit of them in there. Uh, because you know, Bosk is ageless. He's a fucking yellow lizard or whatever the fuck he is. And Dengar, yeah, right. Whatever the fuck, you know. I, and then he's wearing he's wearing some fucking X-wing pilot uniform, which I never knew until recently. That, so I was you like, know, that's a recycled uniform from right. uh, from, from uh, what? what was it? Was it, it wasn't Doctor Who? No, it wasn't Doctor. Uh, it was one of those other weird. Uh, Lost in space. Lost in space. Okay. Yes. Okay, so I'd like to get a little more on that, how he got that little outfit. But then when you see Dengar in Empire Strikes Back, he's an old weather dude. So I'm like, all right, well, we can see a little younger Dengar in the Bad Batch. I'd like to see a little bit of like, find out what the, what the, the gauze wrap around his head is doing. Maybe we can figure out, get a little origin on that. Um, right. <laughs> I mean, again, I, I'm, not, I'm not really invested in it. But the way, you know, Papa Don and, and Doc over here sell these cartoons, I might have to go deep dive and, and, and take a week off of work and, and, and binge this shit for a little while. Bro, I'm telling you, you're going to thank me for it. All right. You're, you're really, especially since you love Star Wars and you love the OG trilogy, 
the cartoon, bro, it is fucking fantastic. All right. Um, I want to go down the path of the OG trilogy so we can incorporate Derek into the conversation. The, fef- the 15 best shots in New Hope. So let's go down this list like Doc likes to go down on the old sausage. Oh. Okay. Uh, let's see. The intergalactic pursuit, the opening scene where the Yavin 4, not Yavin 4, what's the ship called? Tantum 4. Tantum 4 is getting chased by the Star Destroyer. Um, second shot, great shot from uh, New Hope, is Vader's entrance into the Star, uh, into, uh, Tantum into 4. This, Tantum 4, thank you. Uh, the desperate transmission between that iconic scene of Leia being bent over and sticking that, that thing into R2-D2. Sounds a lot oh. dirtier than I meant it. Luke's discovery of the hologram of Leia. The twin sun scene where he comes out and they play the music and he sees the sunset. Um, <laughs> stick to surgery, Doc. Excellent. Who shot first scene? Even with the McClunky included. Uh, who shot first, Greedo or Han? Derek. I'm going to go Han, man. Han's just a bad okay. motherfucker. All right. Uh, buckets of bolts the first time we see the fucking Millennium Falcon. Uh, hold on a second. The page froze. Come on, you fucking cunt. Uh, hey Next one is Planning Terror, where they show Grand Admiral... Uh, I'm sorry, Grand Moff Tarkin looking on to Alderaan right before he shoots him with the... With the uh, you may sac- fire when ready. Shout out to our buddy of the show, Stephen Stan. Um, the unexpected capture where they show Han Solo and the Falcon getting caught in the tractor beam being pulled into the Death Star. Uh, the complicated rescue with Leia right before they jump into the uh, garbage chute. When they're in the garbage chute, and the walls start closing in. Um, hold on. Fucking thing sucks. Fucking comicbook.com. My phone. Anyway. So you get the gist of this. Uh, oh. The long-awaited showdown between Obi-Wan and Vader. Um, the stealthy techniques from Obi-Wan Kenobi as he was hiding when he's turning over the, turning off the tractor beam. And I think that's it. That should be 15. So what do you guys have? Anything else you want to add to that list? you guys agree with this list? Listen, for me, the most iconic shot in Star Wars is when you see those two little torpedoes make this 90-degree turn that makes no sense to go into the exhaust port as they're coming up and they just hook in there. Uh, that, that, that is the encompass of, of, of that movie for me. I love that part. Like I mentioned before, I'm a little gritty and grimy. I'm into old school 70s movies and shit like that. So um, I, there's a shot that I love. It's when the Jawas jump up out of nowhere and they zap the shit out of R2-D2. <laughs> like that shit pops me every time. Like, what did he? And they fucking zap you. Like, oh, he catches the fucking, you know, the electricity and just drops there. And it's just because it's gritty. It's in the middle of nowhere. And then and the sand curl is just so badass. So th- there's a lot there that I enjoy. I love the the shot from Luke's perspective when he's getting his ass whipped by the Tuscan Raider that's that's classic that's got to be on the list. Um, did you know? Did you know that that was a single shot 
and they yeah. edited it, it going up and down like this. It wasn't him actually doing that. Oh, get out of here, really? Yeah, it's an oh, edit. For that. No shit. Speaking of that, again, not to get off track, but I just learned, because I, I literally, about a week or two ago, just um, watched the, the Star Wars gallery of, I want to say it was uh, Mandalorian Season 1. I had no idea about this cat, uh, Wilro Hood. With oh, the ice really? Cream maker. Ice cream Dude, maker. Yeah. I popped for that big time. Yeah. Like, I'll go on websites right now and I'm like, yo, baby, what's up? What's up, Will Row Hood? You know, you fucking not give you some cream. Yo, too good <laughs> shit there. <laughs> you know, the, you know, at Celebration, Star Wars Celebration, they do a running of the Will Row Hoods. They do like a race. Everyone's dressed as Will Row Hoods with the yep. ice maker. They do a race. Ridiculous. Good shit. Ridiculous. So basically, ladies and gentlemen, that list was the entire fucking movie of fucking episode yeah. four. Because episode it. four was phenomenal. Probably one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, Doc, you want to go down to the next list? Yeah, 10 Star Wars characters who debuted in the Clone Wars series that Derek is going to watch the second we come off this <laughs> podcast. Okay, here we go. Uh, number 10, Zero the Hut. Um, uh-huh. Gave that corpulent gangsters a bit of flamboyance. So Zero was a great character. Uh, one of, one of uh, Jabba's relatives, which uh, was uh, you know one of the first huts to, uh, to get down. Oh, Adam- before- yes. I got to explain to him. When you watch Zero the Hut, he has like glow in the dark paint on him, like tattoos, right? Mm-hmm. And his voice is very cartoonish, and he speaks English. Okay. It's very southern Mississippi drawl type of. It's like weird, but it fits for some strange reason. It fits, and I have a fascination that I want to see a Joe Pesci voiced Hut in Star Wars. I just do. That's reaching. That's reaching, but can you yeah. picture it? Come here, you motherfucker, you. Come here. Go get your fucking lightsaber. <laughs> the slap you in my fucking tail. Get your fucking shine box, Obi-Wan. Anyway, go on. Number nine, Admiral Trench was one of the Separatists' most feared commanders. So Trench, I think, was a great character. He was a spider-looking character that was all fucked up. He had, like, missing, like, a piece of his horns. His fur was all fucked up. His arms were all, like, in a robotic shit um and then he got he got killed by anakin killed him right at the end at, at that season seven anakin took him apart um great character they need to make a figure of him 99 may not have fought but he was still a soldier so this was the clone that was uh not so malformed during the cloning process and he was kind of old and he was basically the maintenance clone he was a, a cool character um rush corvus was padme's ex-boyfriend uh okay we can move on from that one who cares Cad Bane, one of the most dangerous bounty hunters of his era. So we, you know, goosh, goosh, goosh about Cad all the time. He needs to come into live action. This is Hold definitely. On, so do you know who Cad Bane is, Derek? No, I don't. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm, I'm not well versed on the cartoon okay. shit, man. Okay. Not, but I do want to see this dude that that Doc is talking about, Padme's ex-boyfriend, because there's a great scene there where she's giving him sloppy toppy, and Anakin's like, "Oh, I love you." He's like, "Yo, close the fucking door and get out, little fucker." Get out of here. <laughs> Beat you, bitch. <laughs> you you, you want to explain Padme's pop? He's sand that fucking Anakin. <laughs> Anakin's like, I hate sand. It's coarse. <laughs> Oh God! All right, go on. Do you, do you want to explain Cad Bane? Or you got you, you got the cutoff over there. Uh, Cad Bane is a bounty hunter based on Clint Eastwood. Okay, but he's, but he's an alien, and he has the fucking hat and the trench coat. Fucking oh, so, all right, yeah, I'm sold. Say less. He's pretty badass. Anyway, let's see. Uh, going down the line, uh, Satine Crease. 
as the leader of Mandalore had a pass with Obi-Wan Kenobi. So we know Obi-Wan had a soft spot for Satine. They, they got to change that name, though, because that sounds like discharge from a pussy. Satine yeah, Crease. It's like, okay. oh, what's all over your panties? Satine yeah. Crease. Like, or, it. <laughs> <laughs> or it's a douche, one or the other. <laughs> um, Mother Talzin led the Night Sisters to a different kind of force sect. So uh, those episodes, the Mortis episodes of, uh, of Clone Wars, where we looked at Darth Maul's brother. Savage Press and the Night Sisters, badass episodes, really ones that really brought a lot of the uh, the evil and the darkness to the uh, to the Clone Wars, which was fantastic. Savage Press, speaking of, helped his brother rise to power. So um, Maul's older, nastier brother, if you can imagine, who had yellow face paint instead of the red. Uh, Captain Rex is one of the clones, commanders of the 501st. Rex is a great character, still a great character. We hope to see him a lot, potentially, in the Ahsoka series and their fourth. Um, and, of course, Ahsoka Tano went from annoying Padawan to something great. Decent list. Uh, I, characters that are important. I think Derek should definitely venture down that pathway to learn more about these uh, iconic Star Wars characters. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to take the uh, the instruction, and uh, I, I feel like a Padawan when it comes to Star Wars cartoons. So, well, knowledge up. <laughs> as good as that high is, now it's some time for some low. Not some sky low low, but ten ways the rise of Skywalker let down Luke's character. So I think Derek uh, might have something to do with this lesson. Just ten. Been... <laughs> yeah, just ten. Okay, let's see what it says here. Number ten. Luke knows that a Jedi's respect comes from within, not from weapons. Losing Luke Skywalker was a devastating blow from Rey. She really blah, blah, blah. She's about to destroy the blue-bladed Skywalker lightsaber before Luke shows up. However, Luke told Rey that he should be, she should be more respectful of a Jedi's weapon. Luke, of all people, knows that any respect a Jedi does or does not deserve comes from them, not from their weapons. So basically what this person who wrote this list is saying is that JJ basically was shitting on Ryan Johnson's saber toss by catching it as a force ghost and realizing he was wrong. Um, the Rise of Skywalker seems to think Luke wouldn't have exiled himself, but is wrong. When Ray finally tells Luke about her dark vision of a horrible future, Luke was distressed. Ray wanted to be wanted to exile herself just as Luke did before her, but Luke told Ray that he had been wrong to do so. Okay, well, no shit, Sherlock. Number eight, Luke inexplicably helped Leia keep a secret that had nothing to do with them. When he tells her that Leia knew that she was a Palpatine. Uh, Luke should understand that this confrontation of Vader was different than Rey taking on Palpatine. Uh, Luke never encouraged Leia to continue training as a Jedi. Um, number five, for someone who suffered from too much pressure... Luke puts a lot of pressure on Ray. Number four. Ray! Luke had more fan service moments than the real character moments. Number three. Palpatine implies that Luke could only have beat him because of Vader. Got a point, though. Luke told Ray she could do this, but still shows up as a. Luke told Ray she could do this, but still shows up at this as a force ghost at the end. His name is inexplicably taken on as Rain's own last name. So these are all reasons, according to comicbookcbr.com, uh, 10 ways the Rise of Skywalker let down Luke's character. 
Do you agree there, Dayrock, or not? Man, so, I mean, I know we discussed this earlier, and I know there's a JJ cut out there, but, I mean, granted, you shouldn't have fucking killed Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi to begin with. But if you were going to bring him back in The Rise of Skywalker and do it properly, the best part of that fucking movie that they could have brought him that would have made the most sense is when she's in that that, that, that last scene, when she's in that, that throne room or that cave, whatever it is, and she's surrounded by an arena of demons. And she's like, wow, it's me against you. And these motherfuckers are watching. They could jump me at any time. And then you get that back support of Luke saying, no, I've got your back. And I've brought help. And he brings all the dead Jedi with him in Force Ghosts. And they're the ones fending off all the fucking demons while she goes one-on-one with Palpatine. Or while he goes one-on-one with Palpatine because we never get to see that return of the Jedi. I feel that was a wasted botch moment that if you were going to clean up Ryan Johnson's mess, that's how you should have done it. So I wasn't satisfied. I do agree with the list. There's a lot of good shit on there where they could have properly um, used Luke better in that movie. Um, but I mean, it's, it's just the drizzling shits from start to finish. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Doc? I know you fucking creaming your pants to Luke like everybody else. Of course. Um, yeah, I think Derek makes a good point. We talked about that before that it was definitely a, a missed opportunity for them not to have the Jedi in actual physical form there. I think that's probably the most way that they had disrespected him. And, you know, Pop, I know you were really hot about him not dying at the end of uh, Last Jedi. Um, and continuing, especially with the fact that Carrie Fisher actually died and they already killed Han Solo off. So, you know, where were they going to go with this? Um, we talked about this many times that if you like the arc of Luke Skywalker, you probably like The Last Jedi a little bit more. And if you do not like it, then you hate The Last Jedi and you hate The Rise of Skywalker. So I get it. I understand. Um, despite that fact, he still had the most beautiful death. Of all of Jedi's and the most, you know, the most Jedi way to go out, you know, pacifistically without raising a lightsaber. Um, and I still think it's 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 one of the more visually and and mindfully pleasing um, deaths in the Star Wars universe. But I agree it should not have happened there. Let me let me just, add, just pepper this in real quick. There is one more opportunity they could have used for Luke at the end of that movie. Once everything's said and done, there could have been a force ghost that went up to Ray and was like, hey, Ray. I know you had my lightsaber, but by any chance, was there a hand with that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's an old meme. It's an old meme. (laughs) Oh, is there? (laughs) I'm over here like comedy genius. Fuck it. (laughs) Not for nothing, though. Originally, they were going to start off episode seven with the hand floating in space. (laughs) And I'm saying to myself, it's fucking 30 years later. The thing would have been decomposed. What the fuck? There's no air in in space. So it was not going to be preserved. No, it got decomposed and fucking on uh, on Bespin or wherever the fuck it ended up going. But I'm just saying, like, like really, that's what you fucking guys are talking about. I think there was two theories that I came up with. Not came up with one. I did. I did come up with the other one. I heard and I loved was that the first thing that I said, if I was booking it, I would have Ray be his daughter, right, with Mara Jade, and that she, he thought she got murdered. Uh. When the hut went down and the Jedi's got in his his uh, when the hut went down, you better be ready. When the shit goes down, you better be ready. Right? Uh when the Jedi hut uh Jedi Order went down and they said that Kylo turned and killed everybody. Um then Kylo takes her or whoever someone takes it to fucking Jakku, 
and they mind wiper, and he shuts himself off from the force and never knows that his daughter was out there. So that when they meet, he doesn't know it's race his daughter because he thought his daughter's dead. He turned himself off from the force. And the reason why he went into fucking Meshuggah mode is because he lost his daughter and his wife on top of that with his kids, you know, his Jedi uh, Padawan. And everything just fell to shit in a matter of fucking like that. That's understandable. See, to me, it wasn't the whole late uh, Luke became a hermit because all the Jedis become a hermit when they fail. Look at Yoda. Look at, at Obi-Wan, right? It rhymes. It's poetry. To me, it's the execution. We saw Luke at, at its height in Return of the Jedi, and then we see him at his low at the next time we see him. 40 years passed by, and they went from fucking A to Z without explaining B to Y in any shape, form, or fashion. So we are not, we're not able to be convinced that a guy from fucking A goes to Z. So the execution in my, is, is the issue with me and why this fucking movie gets so much fucking shame. Again, I wouldn't have killed Luke off. He should have lived. Even if he disappeared at the end, his hand didn't clink on the rock. That was their way out to bring him back as fucking Gandalf Luke the White in episode 9 if they wanted to. And keep him going. Hence the name of the film, The Rise of Skywalker. Why not resurrect his fucking ass and bring him? He's the fucking face that rises the place. But um, the second thing was that, and I love this theory, the second thing I heard. Ray was a clone engineered from Luke's severed hand. That's why she was powerful because it was embedded in her DNA because she, she's a fucking Skywalker because she's really fucking Luke Skywalker's clone. And I went, perfect. And the guy who came up with it was like, if you watch episode seven thinking that she came from the hand, they emphasize the word hand. You know, take my hand with fucking Finn and Ray. Let go of my hand and all this stuff. Slam your hand in my anus. Exactly. Oh, that, was, that was a different Star Wars that I watched, I think. So uh, I was like, that'd be pretty cool. But they didn't go that route either. And, I, and fucking Snoke should have been Plagueis. Yeah, that Snoke was a huge botch. I, I mean, I, I remember reading the dirt sheets, supposedly, um, that they were like, well, you know, it's the granddaughter of Obi-Wan. And I'm like, nah, I, I, I don't that see was, it because – because if anything, then this Disney Plus show should just be you and McGregor at the cantina every week getting fucking shit faced and just clapping <laughs> wow, alien gross. cheeks. And then he's like, well, one of these bitches is pregnant, but I ain't the dead. And then they have like a Maury show shit going on. And they're like, look, she's a fucking Jedi. Just send her to another fucking sand planet. Um, and then I don't I wouldn't say that that Yoda was necessarily a hermit or that he was an exile. That was more like witness protection. That's like the end of Goodfellas where he couldn't get like good fucking he was getting like like uh, like egg noodles and ketchup. Egg noodles, ketchup <laughs> like a schnook. <laughs> It's like, this shit the fuck? What is this? I'm like, yeah, dude, just shut the fuck up, man. You and Dagobah now. Um, you know, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, Doc and I were joking around that during the Obi-Wan series, we're going to see how he got his name, Old Ben Kenobi. He gets so fucking hammered at the bar, they throw him out, and they ask him what his name, and he can't say Obi-Wan, and everyone's like, what do you fucking say, Old Ben? You know, he just slurs his name out. And that's how Old Ben is fucking born, explaining how he's hiding from everybody with the same last name. Um. Uh. Yeah, man. So I, those were the two theories, man. I, I mean, her being a Palpatine was weak, in my opinion. Um. I kind of like the fact if they would have done her as a Kenobi, it would have started with a Kenobi and a Skywalker, and it kind of ended with a Kenobi and a Skywalker. So it would have been booked end. But at the same time, to me, Ben Solo is a fucking Solo. 
We go with the patriarch name. Yeah, and not, he's a not if you're Jewish. Not if you're Jewish. <laughs> what do you mean? In, in Judaism, you are, if the mother's Jewish, you're Jewish, no matter who the father is. Yeah, but the last name, you go with the father. Yes, but you could always uh, determine matriarchy and patriarchy. You never know. These hoes out there, they ain't loyal. <laughs> I don't watch the Jewish cartoons either, so I got to, you know, catch up on that. <laughs> oh, by the way, before when you said G.I. Jew, I popped because I thought of fucking, uh, remember Cobra, Cobra, um, was Serpento was yelling out Cobra, la, 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 yep. the G.I. Joe movie? Yes. <laughs> For fucking G.I. Jew, it would be kosher, la, 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 <laughs> la. Uh, and it's funny because jo- Doc's wife's Jewish. Listen, th- there's no Jewish cartoons because they can't watch them on Saturday morning. So that's true. They can't turn on the TV. Can't roll on Shabbos. <laughs> uh, listen, I before I didn't want to bring this up, but I think I should just to close off the show on a funny note. There's actually talks and rumors, speculation, and sexual Nintendos that there's going to be a Rose Tico series. I oh, please. I shit you not. Oh, don't start with me. <laughs> I shit you not. It's the origin of Nino. Uh-huh. <laughs> Rose fucking Tico might get her own series. Rose Tico takeout. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. your order? Listen. Duck sauce, I- sauce. <laughs> I love Kelly Marie Tran. I think she did a great job. Um, I just didn't like the fact they made her look like a fucking little boy with a fucking little boy haircut. And her 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 dialogue wasn't that great, the movie. But she did the best she could. God bless her, man. She did a great job. Hey, we see what happens. Whatever happens, happens. But, you know, I know Spiro fucking can't stand Rose Tico. Yeah, it'll be the, the least watched Star Wars fucking event of all time. Oh, probably, bro. Probably. Are you into, uh, I know you Asian, don't read. Asian chicks? No, no, not Asian chicks. Uh, Yo, I, I, I would I would like to see Finn clap Rose Tico though, and then oh, we have yeah. our first black Asian. That'd be fucking dope. You want to talk about diversity films? That's that that'd shit be nice. Right. Um, fuck, what was I gonna say now? <laughs> you say clap. I'm Something about cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say that. Um, oh fuck, fucking CTE. CTE God damn here it. Here we go. Uh, CTE with the fucking hot tag. Um. No, we said with said Rose Tico, and she's getting on series, yada yada yada. Laugh, laugh, laugh. Something um, about the books. Oh, books! Thank you. Are you following what's going on with the High Republic? I'm, I'm, I'm getting the cliff notes. Okay, okay. So, if I mean, I have two of the books. I haven't opened it, but more identity politics and fucking agenda, fucking SJW agenda being pushed. When it shouldn't be, and it should all it should always be about story. Um, I just hope we stop this and we just move forward and just have good content. It doesn't like they, they like all right. They introduced two binary gender fluid alien characters, right? They're twins, like Tomat and Xamot from GI Joe. They're Serret and Tarek, but they look like Data with no hair. From fucking star from Star Trek, you know, very vanilla, no eyebrows, you know, almost like powder, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck it, that's awesome. You want to be inclusive? Include, fine, cool. New characters, give them a new take. No big deal here. You're not messing with the legacy characters. You're not turning Lando into fucking 
pansexual and all this nonsense, go for it. Cool. But like Doc says, like anyone, any fucking common sense says, don't do it to do it. Do it because the story warrants it and put out a good story. And lo and behold, um, Katie Sackhoff might be the next in the chopping block from fucking Lucasfilm. First they took out Toronto. Toronto. Then they went after fucking Rosario Dawson with her transfor- uh, alleged transgender hate that happened years ago or something, some incident, which I don't buy into. But now Katie Sackhoff, they asked her, you were in Battlestar Galactica, you played a certain character. When you came on aboard, this character initially was a male, then you, it, it was recasted as a female. Did you feel that uh, you had to earn respect, you know, yada, 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 did you have to earn your keep? She said, look, the character got over because of the storytelling that came into place, and I earned people's respect, almost like Ahsoka, right? Everyone hated her at first, then now everyone loves her because she grew, because of good storytelling. She said that's what happened with the Mandalorian at the end of season two when they had the fucking Powder Puff Girls come and take out everybody on the fucking ship and Mando was going after fucking uh, your abuela's favorite actor, Giancarlo Esposito. But it felt organic. They weren't there because they're women. They're there because they're the best people for the job. That just happened to be women. They didn't focus on it like Endgame with that one scene with all the females decided to fucking pose you know uh it looked like a fucking subway commercial if you ask me but um um she said that and now they're saying that Kathleen Kennedy got pissed that she might be next on the chopping block and she's gotten a little bit uh backlash from the quote-unquote twitter mob and all this stuff so i don't know all she got to do is clarify that statement and give a little apology. Like, listen, it's taken out of context. Let me do it. <gasps> I need this paycheck. But, um, you know, not jumping off Star Wars, but, like, I- I've watched The Walking Dead for a long time. And the last couple of seasons, you know, fi- granted, they, they had to kill it. Yeah, I know. They've been the drizzling shits. But they've-, they've gotten rid of, like, the OG cast and they're introducing new people. But now they're forcing diversity down your throat. I've got, I I love diversity. It's great. But now they're like, okay, well, here's the lesbian chick. Here's the black lesbian chick. Here's the deaf chick. Here's the Indian guy. I'm yep. like, I'm yep. like, listen, that's great. Give them all work. I, I want to see people that represent me, that rep- represent different cultures, but give them a reason. Give them a story. Don't just fucking put them in there because society says you have to because we have to be inclusive. Include them with a good fucking story so that way I enjoy that character. I follow that character. And when that motherfucker gets bit by a zombie, like, damn, we lost the black lesbian Indian half Asian but was, you know, had a dick too. I, you know, I just I, give me more. Just don't do it to do it. Do it for a reason, for the sake of art. Yeah, you know, there's people out there who just say, just say, I want more of that. Great, but you're fucking up your your cash cow when, yeah. when you're doing it with no reason at all. Agreed. Yep. Absolutely. I, uh, the thing yeah. is, people just, people just end up tuning out, yeah. and now that person doesn't have a job anymore because you fucked up. You guys been watching Falcon and Winter Soldier? Oh, yep. I love it. I love it too. Um, I don't know who. I mean, all these people. Who hate on Kathleen Kennedy and uh, the SJW nonsense of Star mm. Wars are saying that people are turning off on the politics and all the stuff that they're talking about 
on uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I'm not seeing it. So I don't know where they're getting their reference from. But in my opinion, they're doing it right. Because like you said, it's being done, but it's being done with a good story behind it to where it fits like a glove and it's organic. So same thing with The Mandalorian. You know, there's one fucking chick on Twitter like, oh, great. Another male fucking white, uh, another male fucking led fucking TV show with no strong female presence. Meanwhile, 75% of the cast of The Mandalorian is strong females. So it's like, what the fuck? What are you smoking, dude? Like, you're ridiculous. And Star Wars was the first IP to ever have a strong female lead in in the in Princess Leia. She mm-hmm. was the trendsetter. So, again. Look, what they're doing with the Falcon and Winter Soldier right now, <gasps> I mean, in the beginning, I was like, oh, shit, that's a little heavy-handed. You went there. We, we're talking, we're doing this. Okay, all right, fine. But they're doing it right. Because yeah. it, if, if, if your entertainment and what you're consuming right now, especially for a younger audience, is supposed to be reflective of what's actually happening in society. Now you can have that conversation with your kid. Like, hey, man, I, I remember when, when Black Panther came out, and and I'm, I'm not going to lie, Black Panther is an overrated, it's, it's mediocre at best, all right? It, it's a good movie, but it was the same thing with the first Wonder Woman. It was like, oh, man, this is all about girl power. And Black Panther was, oh, man, it's the first time I get to see a black um, lead superhero. Like, oh, we just forgot about Blade and a couple of the other, all right, fine, whatever. But this movie's not great. This movie shouldn't have been nominated for Best Picture just because... Uh, African-Americans who look at the screen and say, oh, I, now I see me. That's the wrong reason to give awards to a movie. But when you're covering the way they are in the Winter Soldier saying, you know, there was a time where a black man couldn't hold that Captain America shield. There's When they were testing them like the Tuskegee Airmen um, and they were doing an experiment, that's good conversation for young people to understand the world that we lived in, the world that we do live in, and how to have those conversations using pop culture. They're doing it right. Walking Dead is fucking it up, but um, I really love what they're doing in Falcon Winter Soldier, and I hope to see more of that. I know that with their next phase in Phase 4, they're like, all right, you know, the Eternal is going to have a very mixed cast. You know, you got Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, and like, they're doing... That does look dope. They're doing a lot of cultural service, but just do it right. Yep, exactly. Have you ever seen the guy from Shang-Chi... He's from Kim's Convenience. You ever see Kim's Convenience? No. No. What's that? Oh, bro. I'm going to look it up. It's on Netflix. Okay. Right? He plays the son in the show. The father is the Asian X-Wing pilot from The Mandalorian. Oh, okay. And that's how he got the job for The Mandalorian because people like Dave Filoni was a fan of the show. This is by far one of the greatest shows ever to grace television. Show's hilarious. What's it? What's it called again? Kim's Convenience. It's on Kim's Netflix. Convenience. All right, I'm gonna look it up. It's a comedy about a family in in Canada, a Korean family that owns a convenience store. Mm-hmm. Very simplistic idea, but holy shit! If you're a family that your family came from another country, you can relate with this on every fucking topic. And me being forced first born uh, American uh, generation here because my parents came from Greece, mm-hmm. dude. Everything they touch on, even though they're Korean. I can relate to, and I'm Greek because we had the same exact thing, tit for tat, argument for argument, topic for topic, and I just, it's hilarious. And as a parent, you'll die laughing. All right. Give it a watch, dude. So watch Clone Wars, watch Kim's Convenience. (laughs) I'm telling you. Okay, okay, I see you. Okay, I see you. Uh, Do you want to add anything before we take it home? 
Nah, man, let's get out of here. All right. Derek, give us an inside scoop on Midnight Hustle, what it's all about, your podcast. Let them know where they can find you at. Let them know where they can find you at. And, and let's go. Yeah, man. Midnight Hustle is, is just, um, you know, over the years, I've done a lot of stuff in wrestling. I've done a lot of stuff in entertainment. And, uh, you know, I would create brands just focusing on that. But I didn't want to be known as the wrestling guy or whatever the case was. So Midnight Hustle is just a collaboration of me just being me, not being a character, not just focusing on wrestling. It's just everything that I love um, for my entire life. I have a regular day job, but, you know, I'm hustling at night and doing my thing. So the Midnight Hustle is a cl- is um, it, it, it's almost like, like my uh, – my, my not a yearbook, but my scrapbook of everything that I've ever done and things that I plan on doing now in the future. So it's got a podcast, it's got old video footage, it's got a lot of your matches on there from NWA Cyberspace that I've been working on. Um, but it's just having a good time. It's mostly a lot of times me smoking weed and just watching fucking movie trailers and shit and, and, and just shitting on them. So, um, but you can check that out. It's on Podbean. You can find it on YouTube. Um, it's Midnight Hustle. We've got a, a Twitter page, got an Instagram page. So check it out. You can find me at, at Yo Derek Gordon on um on Twitter as well. And um, hey, man, I love the show. Down with a new force order for life. Hope to be back sometime soon. Yo, shout out to you, Doc. Shout out to you, big Greek god, Papa Doc. Oh, I didn't want to call you Greek god because that sounds kind of. I'm, I'm not. I'm not feeling. You know, calling you a Greek god. That's my eyes ain't looking at you like that. But shout out to you guys. You guys are doing a hell of a job, and it was it was a pleasure being here today. Thank you guys. It was a pleasure having you, dude. I told Doc when you were coming on that you're you're one of us. You're 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 an '80s '90s baby. You're a pee out of the fucking pod, and. Uh, it was going to be a good show, and I can I say that I could call it, Doc, or can I call it? You can call it, Papa Doc. Oh, did you know, Derek, I called Luke Skywalker at the end of season two before season two even started. No shit. Ask Doc. He'll tell you. Indeed. I have to hear it <laughs> all the fucking time. <laughs> it's the only thing that made sense, man. Uh, Who of else? Of course. Uh, it wasn't Flo Koon, that's for shit, sure. Um, but look, you are welcome back. Anytime you want to come to a shop, if your your wife's yelling at you and you want to just get out of there, tell her to go make a sandwich, hop in the fucking booth, jump on board with a fucking talk shop of a fucking Star Wars. Welcome back anytime. Friend of the show, my friend. And, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to not only work with you in wrestling, but to know you and call you my friend. So thank you for that. Uh, Doc, let them know where they can find you at. You can find me at Dr. D-R underscore Destroyo, D-E-S-T-R-R-O-Y-O Instagram. Alex Royo MD on Twitter and Alex Royo on Facebook. Spiro, my Sith friend. Let them know where they can find you at. Yeah, man. It's been great. But you can also find me every Friday on the on the Rational Rage podcast on the Rational Rage Network. The show's gone through a bit of an evolution. It's no more anger-filled rant fest about politics because that shit just does no good to anybody's soul it just divides us all so now it's just a show where people come on they hang out we have a few drinks and we talk about anything uh on instagram spiro underscore a darth underscore spirit on that's it guys you can find me at Greek Art Papadon on twitter on instagram demetrius Papadon on facebook and again you listen to the show, you want to send me a friend request, let me know. This way I know you're not some creeper. Send me a friend request, and I'll accept it. Go to my YouTube channel, Greek God Papadon. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Like, comment, all that nonsense. You get to watch all these wrestling uh, matches. Uh, I've wrestled everyone and their mother underneath the sun. You get to watch the promos. Go to Pro Wrestling Tees backslash Greek God Papadon and get the coolest Greek God Papadon wrestling t-shirts. You'll be the coolest looking kid in your remote school. Um, 
And you can find us collectively together on Twitter at NFO underscore podcast on Instagram, new force order. Um, Facebook is official new force order. And uh, the email address is new force order at yahoo.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we say this every week. Thank you. Muchas gracias. For giving us the opportunity in your time. Hopefully we enlightened you with a lot of tidbits, information. Uh, hopefully you were entertained with our shenanigans and our tomfoolery. Uh, but again, the premise of this show, we say it every week, is to get Star Wars more over with you and not for us to get over on the expense of Star Wars. So we thank you for letting us do that. And uh, this has been another exciting edition, a packed edition, a midnight hustle edition. Oh, the for life, and that's just too sweet. Henceforth, execute order N F O. I'm a dark lord who's got no competition. I'm not what you call a politician. Cause I didn't run for my position. I took it with the force. It's strong with this one. So don't be shocked when you're my next victim. Many rebels left our lord at 66 of Do it like moisture farmers with good income. You'll no longer be in existence. Your hatred is only gonna make you strong. I wanna plot twist, I am your father. Now do my bidding, band the border. All I wanna hear from you is and if your name is Luke, can I ask for a hand? Tell me where is the rest of your pitiful little band? Cut me in half, I'll come back from the dead. Then at long last, the Sith will have their revenge. Time is a war in the stars tonight. And the dark side has come to shut off the light. Wanna make a deal, strike the bargain right. Otherwise, sweet dreams and that carbonite. Uh-oh, Solo's triggered. Sorry, Han. Careful where you put your next target on. Don't make me drop a grandma target bomb with my fire rod. Watch out, dog. It's a threat, Darth, even if I give you a parsec head start You'll get as far as a second death star This ain't a pod race, but you wanna bet The dice might be rigged, have you rolled them yet? Mess with the rebels and you're in overhead I'll be the Sarlacc to your Boba Fett I'm like Yoda with oversized robes And yet I took down an empire, never broke a sweat I'll destroy your war machines and battle droids I'm the reason Palpatine has a roid Yeah, I'm a little short for a stormtrooper I only stand out cause I'm not a poor shooter Checkmate, Vader, you can say goodnight now Kenobi status got the high ground Scheming like a hologram Cause I'm seeing right through all your plans Meanwhile, I'll raise a bar like a Skywalker Cause I hate losing more than Chewbacca From Kashyyyk to Tatooine Kamino sees Endor's forest Jakku's heat I bring swag like a fashionable Naboo queen Trapped between red and green Blast a beam It's a tragedy that I had to trash your fleet Cause now we have to clean up that debris This galaxy ain't safe for traitors Now let's see the color of your lightsabers
Hey guys, you made it this far of the video, so you must have enjoyed the song. We thank you for that. And if you would like to, please drop a like and subscribe if you haven't already. That helps us out a lot. Uh, we will keep making video game music for the coming weeks, months, years. So uh, we hope to keep you entertained over that time. Please like and follow all our social media pages. Check out our merch. Links are all below. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy this. I mean, Star Wars. I know there's that whole EI fiasco, but it's still Star Wars. DICE made a great game. I'm having fun with it. Uh, go check out our gameplay as well. You know, it's Star Wars. What else is there to it?